I gotta say, this report is quite impressive, Ms. No. Oh, well, thank you very much, Mr. City Manager. And I have to say that the way that you're rocking those slacks is quite impressive as well. Well, thank you. <clears throat> Can we hurry this up, please? What? There's nothing wrong with acknowledging the fantastic work of one of your employees, especially if she's adorable. I am back at the Parks Department, and Ben is city manager, but we're married, so it's kosher and awesome. We live together. And work together. And we are so in, in sync. sync that we finish each other's... Sentences! <sighs> we rehearse that at home. Naked in bed. Please stamp the form. I just want to admire it one more time. Again, fantastic work. In fact, such good work. I think I'm in love with you. Oh, my God. That's great news, because I'm in love with you, too. What? Stamp the form. Okay, let's not let Ron feel left out. We love you, too, Ron. Stamp the Gun damn form! Group hug! Oh, I'm down for a group hug. Little G.H. Bring it in. Come on. Wow. <laughs> I think our love made him angry. Oh, I think he broke my wrist. I'm not kidding. Really? All right, everyone, welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Neo, and joining me always is Soulbro and Chris. Guys, say hello. What's up? Yo. Yo. <laughs> and this is episode 138 of Gundam at MHQ, uh, a couple days after uh, the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, that, that, that was some good stuff. So definitely some bad, bad um Bad commercials, except for Survey's classic of Transformers: Age of Extinction of All Childhoods. <laughs> the the instant classic, all time classic. Now, after seeing that thing, even everybody was so impressed with that. Oh, so, sure. yes, <laughs> many of people had told me, "It's like, oh my god, I can't wait to see that movie." It's like, yeah, well, you know, it is Survey. Survey is the best. So, um, at ruining childhoods. Yes, indeed. And I just want to th- congratulate. Seattle Seahawks. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people they'll like record prior to something. <laughs> oh, we've done it. We've yeah. done it. <laughs> uh, it was it was nice to see good old five head Manny not win. Woo, oh, man, in epic fashion. <laughs> yes. Omaha, Omaha. Well, loser, loser. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and this episode, we're only going to be doing one, uh, one segment, and that's going to because be... that's all you bastards deserve. Oh. It's all you deserve. But, this is uh, not the podcast that you want, but it's the podcast you deserve, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's the podcast you'll get. <laughs> nothing more, nothing less. But um, yeah, we'll be doing our continuing reviews of Gundam Bill Fighters with our review and some of our thoughts on episodes eleven through fifteen. Yes. It just seems like it's every other episode now, but that's a that's a good that's a good clip instead of um, the old days of you know uh, twelve episode or twelve twelve episodes of a show, <laughs> and then eight episodes of the other show in the second segment, and uh, five hour podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> Even though every so often I'll see on Mecha Talk people going, oh, I kind of like those big long episodes. Like, like oh. well, you know what? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and was. Given uh, that we're the ones who record the show, what we yeah. like is more important than what you like. Ouch. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That was uh, that was definitely some uh, some rough stuff there. But yes, uh, episodes eleven through fifteen. So, guys, anything that you need to hit up before we go into the uh, news? As I'm walking over to the Laurie King Memorial News Studio. No, I'm ready to rock, man. Oh, and by the way, before I begin the news, I just want to let everybody know out that everyone know out there, Solbro is a bastard. He's what? a Muppet hater. He <laughs> hates the Muppets. How the hell can you hate the Muppets? I am what, not. What? I am not. Yeah, yeah I, never... found, I found this out, Chris. Hold on, oh, Solbro, before oh. you. I found this out. <laughs> Solbro hates the Muppets. We were talking about it, I guess, on what, EX versus the Gundam Nation? Uh, Neil showed up, and the subject came up about me not liking the Muppets. And uh, yeah. I, I I, was raised on Sesame Street, so let me put that out there first. It's the same nothing, goddamn thing. I have nothing but respect for Sesame Street. It taught me how to read when I was two years old. And which I'll, has what to do with anything now. Which is yeah. fine. Which is fine. But I, 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 I how can, do you I hate can attribute the Muppets? That, that, is the, that is a show that children should watch. But as for anything else Muppet related except for maybe Fraggle Rock I just don't feel really? it, man I don't really feel puppets man I, sir I, I, sir uh-huh. you you need to watch the Jason Siegel movie oh my god you, you think that might win me over I if it doesn't then you have no heart uh, I guess how I, can you hate the Muppets I mean I, I know Kermit and Miss Piggy are a little annoying but you got mm-hmm. Fozzie Bear you got freaking Dr. Bunsen Honeydew mm-hmm. you got Beaker you got Swedish Chef I Animal. mean hell the freaking Dr. Teethy the ele- Electric Mayhem Band was on the Terry Crews commercial during the I Super saw Bowl that, and that's some good stuff man what, what <laughs> What the hell? What is your damage? And don't dude? forget the the original trolls. The oh, original, yeah. yes, oh, the original the, haters. Waldorf and what's the other cat? Yeah, <laughs> those two old guys. Yeah. Yep. I will say this: I'm I'm not. I don't hate them. And I'm okay with Muppet Babies too, but I'm just not crazy about it, man. I'm just not crazy about the Muppets, man. The Muppets movies never did anything for well, me. Well, they're not crazy about you, either. Oh, God, yeah. no. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll hold that L. So all, all, all of the listeners out there, I want you to write to oh, SBRMHQ and label it, put in the subject, you're a bastard, and tell Solbro how much he's a bastard for not liking the Muppets. I'll tell you what, on oh. the thread, I'll put up a poll on the thread. Muppets, uh, do or don't. <laughs> Yeah, you watch that poll. It's like ninety nine point nine percent. We'll find Soul out. Bro, Soul Bro will go and he'll 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 log into two different account numbers or account <laughs> account logins. Look, it got two. It got two uh, two votes. Yeah, one sure. SBR and one's uh, I love Ryu at gmail dot com. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> So, yes, I just wanted to get that out there. So, my God. but my um, weekly on blast show with Sober Ryu. <laughs> actually, uh, one, one other thing before I start the news, Sobro. What's up? Uh, do you have any announcements for any of the guys that won the, the whole and soul trophy or achievement? Uh, that is, you know, how many people, you know, getting at least 50 kills on Solbro and uh, Gundam Versus or Full Boost? <laughs> the, the, the reigning champion. Any, still... any, any winners? Any winners <laughs> that you need to add to the uh, the long list of, of uh, people that have, uh, you know, taken you down? The, the reigning champion is still Fredericks, double O. So uh, shout out to go. him. Uh, he bodies me every time. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> 
Well, I'm in the Larry King Memorial News Studio, so now it's time for some Neo's Listener Submitted News. And uh, if you ever have an article to submit, uh, always go to the Neo's Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. I think we're up to thread uh, Mark Four now, so it's like this is like this is like what maybe um, Shar's counterattack Gundam Unicorn time at this point. Mark Four, I think that's where it would be. Uh, so yeah, there you go. So. Um, Thank you for all your posters. And now for the first one here. Oh, start, hit it, Soul Bro. We're starting off right, Yo, right at the beginning. Let's go. Robot Apocalypse Alert. Why is America so robophobic? And the first one here comes from Burtman4. Oh, wow. And look, his location is Seattle. So go Hawks. Or nice. did they even know? Because normally when people uh, win something, they usually riot. But I think everybody was so stoned in, in Seattle, <laughs> they probably didn't care. <laughs> Whether it be there or Denver, man, it wouldn't. Yeah, it would have been like it would have been like the it would have been like the safest safest world championship ever. It's like either Denver or Seattle. Everybody's just too stoned. Hey, we won this. We won the hey, Super man, Bowl. You, you do a bowl to celebrate the bowl. Oh, <laughs> how many guys do you think were sitting there watching TV? Go, hey, I'm doing a Super Bowl. Watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> Or yo dog, I heard you like the Super Bowl. <laughs> and man, those those Frito uh, Subway sandwiches look pretty damn good. <laughs> so, <laughs> but back to the news. Oh my God! In the Larry King Memorial News Studio. You are the king. You are the king. I'm sorry, Lord King. I'll be back on point with the news. I know I'm disappointing you at this point. But yes, Burtman Four has the first submission here, and this is coming from the internet. And it says U.S. Army considers replacing thousands of soldiers with robots. Oh my God! Yes, there was a Army Aviation Symposium where they were talking about they're looking to slim down the personnel num- uh, numbers and adopt more robots. This oh, is it. This how um. This, wasn't this the whole storyline in Caprica? <laughs> wasn't that their whole thing was to get robots to, to do security and, and, and things well, like that? The, the question is, is the provider for these robots either Cyberdyne Systems or Greystone? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> right, wasn't there our, uh, what, what's the, um, uh, what is it, the, uh, the Whalen? Well, that's aliens, but it's not as Wayland Yutani. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not as it's not as bad, but damn, the Michael Fassbender uh, robot in um, Prometheus, he was pretty creepy. Oh, so you know, but yeah, this is yeah, this this is their new thing. They're looking to reduce size, and they're going to be fighting with some robots. So wow, that um that sounds like fun. That's about as I don't know if any I didn't see it uh, posted here, but it was like an, another article I was reading earlier today where they were talking about how the government might want uh, to have cars that are able to talk to each other to prevent crashes and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a lose lose because if you ever read one of the tomes, uh, Robo Apocalypse, the book, that's how they started off killing people because they had ro- they had cars like that and they killed people. Yes, so thank you, Mr. Burtman, for for your submission. Thank you for keeping us up at night because the last thing we need is to take. Uh, kill, uh, take robots and give them weapons uh, to um, you know to, to do things with because that sounds like such a great idea. So thank you for that. <clears throat> Next one here comes from Rodimus76 and he's got a post to the Anime News Network and he's got there's a link here with some pictures of the cockpit 
the Ingram cockpit in the new live-action Pat Labor movie. So uh, yeah. some pretty cool, um, yeah, some pretty cool uh, photos here. So um, yeah, so check that out. And I know uh, everybody will be excited when that finally comes out. Thank you, Mr. Rodimus76 for your submission. Uh, the next one here comes from EA Net Dude, and this is kind of an announcement. Um, for people that are going to be able to go to the Anime Japan 2014 convention, oh. there that's planned on March 22nd. There's going to be a lot of a, a lot of Gundam stuff going on there, and of course, um, some of the there's some of the guests are going to have some voice cast members. Of course, uh, Lord Akeda, uh, the voice <laughs> of uh, Shar Aznabal, the voice. Uh, actor of uh, Say from Gun to Bill Fighters and Reiji from Gun to Bill Fighters, and of course uh, the person that does good old Banana Links and uh, Gundam Unicorns. So, and it, it's also saying here that uh, oh, the Bald Wizard himself re- had revealed at a press conference that he's directing a new unnamed animated work with a Hollywood special effects thing. And we had talked about that, I believe, in the last episode. And it doesn't look like there's any other new stuff here. So it's all kind of like, hey, we're doing this and, you know, go go from there. So Anime Japan 2014 will run from March 22nd to March 23rd in all six East Halls of the Tokyo Big Sight Complex. So all folks uh, fortunate enough to be in Japan at that time, go there, get some uh, pictures for us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's um, you know, and have some fun. So thank you, Mr. EA Net Dude, for your submission. EA Net Dude comes up here with a follow-up. It says here that DreamWorks, I don't know, that's that movie studio, right? They say they hired oh, yeah. Rupert Sanders to direct a direct live-action Ghost in the Shell adaptation. It says here, what did this guy do? He is blah, 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 blah. Oh, he did the Snow White and the Huntsman movie? You guys, yeah. any of you guys see that? He did, and uh, that doesn't that doesn't instill any confidence in me. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see it. Oh man, don't know anything yeah, about it. It just says they couldn't. This is coming from Collider.com, and it just says this is a kind of in talks here, so it doesn't seem like there's anything you know in stone yet. But uh, yeah, so you guys are. So Solberg, you're saying probably nay on the Ghost in the Shell live action. Um, I I think Spielberg is still producing it, so if he's giving guidance, um, it could turn out to be good. Snow White and the Huntsman was an okay movie. It 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 there were some things it could have used improvement on, but um, there was a lot of fuck. There was there was a lot of behind the scenes turmoil on, on that movie, and uh, this this guy. Well, you know what? Sa- mm-hmm. Save save that for uh, Hollywood Insider. I'm, I'm just right saying the, the the guy has some personal issues. And okay. I hope he doesn't bring it to this movie. So that that okay. I'll say. I'm All going right. to predict that, like so many other enemy movies, it'll just uh, suffer in development hell and never get anywhere. It's Wait, been there for, for what quite are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about, Chris? Because they did Pacific Rim, that only means that the Evangelion live action movie is going to be coming. It's coming in no time. You know, Peter. Once Peter Jackson's done with the Hobbit trilogy, he's going to want to do this. I mean, come on. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yes. So thank you, Mr. EA Net Dude, for your submission. Next one here comes. Ooh, Burtman Four follows up mm-hmm. with. Uh, uh, he's got a link here for. Ooh, this is. Uh, this is interesting. Ooh. Combat armor Dugrum, uh, full scale one seventy two armor uh, Dugrum uh, model kit. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's this, pretty cool. This thing looks amazing. <laughs> Oh wow! Can it not? Have, do you think there could be a could have a guest and build fighters at one point? <laughs> but I guess it wouldn't be build fighters at that point. Oh. It'd just be super robot wars. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, he's got some pictures of it, and um, yeah, check check his link there. It's got really just shows the box. Oh, shows the guy. Oh, look at all the plastic. Look at all the pieces with the runners. Nice. See, Solbro, when you put these things together, they don't start off as the full robot. They're in these things called runners, and you have to take them <laughs> off the runners and then take the pieces and put them together. Um, I know normally the young Asian boys that build these things for you, you usually see the finished product, mm-hmm. but this is how it starts off for them. So. At at Solcom, your your personal factory, factory of gun, yes, gunpla builders. Your, your, yeah, your your gunpla factory that you have there in nice. in, in the outskirts of. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I'm making that much money to run a place like that. The outskirts of Beijing. <laughs> so, thank you, Mr. Burt Man, for for your submission. Ooh, next one here comes from Yokozuna Bulldozer, and we got some dead guy news. And I'm wondering, is the voice actor for Garmazabi, is he dead? Do you know? I honestly couldn't tell you. It would be uh, Degwin. No, no, no. I, no I, I know it's Degwin that died. <laughs> I know it's he that died. I'm saying, I was trying to do a Gundam joke here. Oh. Thanks, so, thanks, Solbro, too. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, is the voice actor for Garma dead? Because mm-hmm. now his son can join, or now the dad can join his son. Because oh. remember, he's like, I, you know, sorry, sorry, it's for... First Gundam humor didn't work out well. Oh. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> it's Shiro Nagi. He's uh, mm-hmm. also the um, uh, voice actor for uh, Enramna Half Hapase and, of course, Degwin Zabi. Oh, and wow. he's got quite a bit of. He was Hapase? Ki- Damn. Yeah, he was Kurosama and Tosuro and Saiyan and Dragon Ball. Tyrion, Usuri Asura. Wow, there's a lot of guys. Dr. Reichwin and Monster. Oh, Mito. What? Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, he was 82. And they show a picture of him, and he looks like he's 62. Damn. Damn, Damn the Japanese, and they don't <laughs> age. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Mr. Uh, Yokozuna Bulldozer, for your submission. Next one here comes from, ooh, our first one from the, from, uh, the penal colony of Australia, Vent Noir. The most evil of all the Australians. Indeed. And he's got a link here for the Animated News Network, and it looks says the apple seat armor comes to life with the robotic exoskeleton. Oh. Great. Sagwa Electronics Power Exoskeleton, the Power Jacket MK4, just got a major facelift. It's about um, a 12.5 million yen price tag, and it's um, got metallic limbs and mix the movements of the pilots. And uh, yeah, this is great. So more more things to kill us with uh, artificial intelligence. So thank you, M- Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. Up, oh, Solbro. It's that time. You better get your hand on the buzzer. Yo, get your let's hand on the buzzer. Let's do it. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh my God, that's bullshit. What the? F- yes. It's our first survey news alert of the day. Actually, kind of be the second because I talked earlier about Surbay's uh, teaser trailer for the the all time his all time classic Transformers: Age of Extinction of All Childhoods. But Dude. this is the other uh, movie that will destroy childhoods. And uh, gosh, I think it looks like this has been shut down a little bit. Oh. But uh, there was a link here. It looks like the pictures have been taken down. But there must have been a point where you could see. The Ninja Turtles, you know, the alien mutant Ninja Turtles from uh, uh, the 
Sorbet uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, yeah. movie. And uh, there was a first look at the turtles and Shredder. So it doesn't, looks like everything's been taken down. So I don't that, know. That might have been an initial report, but they did release a, uh, they did release an official uh, set of pictures. Yeah, it looks like he's well. got a, yeah, he's got another link here. Yeah, it looks like they've done some official movie promo art that's on display. Oh, wow, look, that's pretty cool. Yep. Man, okay. look at that. Are they aliens? Are they mutants? What's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. It turned out so, better than I thought. So, if, if anything, I, I I still hold my opinion until I see the movie. But, yeah. It uh, says here that the martial arts used in the film will be the same style of fighting that was in the raid in the raid 2. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. It's going to be awesomely... So, does that mean that, like, you're going to see, like, Foot Clan soldiers getting their heads shoved into, like, busted up door frames? Yeah, door frames and people getting the crap beat out of them with those big fluorescent light bulb tubes. And, yeah, I don't know. Anything but the weapons. Anything but the weapons, so. As, as much as you can do that's raid-like in PG-13 is probably what we should be probably. saying. Probably. But yeah, it looks pretty cool. So thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for that submission and for the survey's news alert. Oh, I guess I didn't authorize this, but I guess we have a new news alert. Oh. There's a Gundam news alert. This Get is a courtesy of uh, Faisal Danielle. We do Gundam news on this? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> And he says, uh, he goes, have you ever imagined what is the most popular Gundam series for the fans of the country that makes the franchise itself Japan? I'm like, well, maybe. Uh, he's got a link here of some, uh, some of the, you know, the character polls. And, some, and right now this is, uh, they're talking about their favorite Gundam series. And it looks like uh, everyone hates age. <laughs> wow. In Japan, just as much as we do. So, so uh, things <laughs> translate sometimes from, from yeah. one coast to the next. <laughs> also, uh, can, can, can I throw out a little something here, a little bomb into this? Yeah, sure. Jabman, no one cares that Destiny is number four. Oh. Yeah, exactly. It's not Here's... validation for you and your nonsense. So go come back into your hole. Yeah, here, here, and 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 that's a good segue. Here's the list. Of course, number one, first Gundam, Mobile Suit Gundam. Two's Gundam Seed. Uh, three is Zeta Gundam. Four is Destiny, like Chris said. Five is Wing. Six is Double O. Seven is Double Zeta, which I'm very surprised that that's as high as it is. And eight is G. Nine is Turner Gundam. And uh, of course, uh, ten is Build Fighters. Eleven's After War Gundam X. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Gun. That was Victory Gundam at number nine. And turn A Gundam's 12, and then of course, Mobile Suit Gundam Age is 13. So, of the rare. I, I, I have to ask the audience something specifically for our audience in Japan. Can you explain to us in this the thread for this episode? Do we have an audience in Japan? We do. I, I, I've checked the stats. We have regular downloaders in Japan for our show. So, I ask you guys specifically if you can take the time and go to mechatalk.net and explain to us what is the appeal of Destiny in Japan? What is the, the most appealing thing about the show that the Japanese find about it? I would like you, to know. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you. It's, oh, it's, uh, it's Kira Yamato bot and, you know, Lacus Klein bot. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all it is. So if it's just the characters, I can't. I would never. Have understand you not that. seen over the last like decade the polls? Yeah, I've seen those. the polls that yeah. uh, consistently have Kira and Lacus as the number one ranked characters, so, even in the all of these years since Destiny went off the air, and even in all these years of Gundam shows in between. So two characters yeah. stuck in Arrested Development, and those are the ones who top the list. All right, <laughs> pretty much. Damn. All right, Budge. 
Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't changed much, Solbro. That's, that hurts. That hurts my heart, man. So thank you, Mister Faisal Daniel, for your Gundam news alert. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I'm officially sanctioning yet that yet, but if you want to continue to do that, that's fine with me. I'll make some. Oh. <laughs> The, the next one here comes from Rodimus76, and he's got a link here to the Gundam Guy blog. And this looks like there's another game for Soul Bro to die in. Oh, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Gaiden Missing Link. Oh, it's a play, PlayStation 3 uh, game, and it's uh, these are some of the stats of it. It's a third-person action shooter. Cover, game covers the entire one-year war. Oh, big Ooh. surprise. Uh, combat on, on, guess what, Earth and outer space. There mm-hmm. you go. Uh, you can either play as the Federation or the Principality of Xeon. I'm sure all of Japan will be Xeon. <laughs> Game is story-driven, <laughs> character-based. You deploy in combat in three different uh, mobile suits, platoons. You can switch between mobile suits within the platoon during missions. Player will be able to order wingmen to change rules of engagement since there's attack and defense. Mobile suits will be customizable. New original mobile suit units in the game. There's the RX. Dash 78XX Gundam Pixie is one of the examples. And uh, yeah, there's some game screen caps, some regular screen caps, and looks like some uh, promo videos. So there it's, you go. You guys excited? It's just nice to have a side story game again. When was the last one that came out? Besides, uh, does is the one that uh, came out uh, for PlayStation 3, the 0081, considered a side story or not so much? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it was. Yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, side story, just because it doesn't have side story in the titles, I mean, it's not a side story. That's, so that's, that's kind of irrelevant. But for the, for this to come out and it'd be based on the One Year War, I mean, if this could be the action packed version of uh, Girion's ambition, I would love that. Um, you see, you say to be based on the One Year War, like every Gundam game isn't based on the One. Yeah, year. I know. Yeah, this, like, this encompasses the whole thing, which means we'll, we'll see interaction. So do most of the other games other that games. are out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was only it was only I, one year. I want to see it's, something on the scale of Girion's ambition, where like you see like even characters from Zeta who were involved in the One Year War. Show up. That's, well, that's Climax UC on the PS2, so you can go play wow. that if you want. Yeah. Oh, dang. Hey, uh, uh, Chris, I was just kind of wondering when we were talking about so, uh, side story games, would Mobile Ops, the one year war, would that be a side story game? Or is that just a. I, that's probably more of a, of a no story game than anything <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, just wondering. So uh, thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. Oh, 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 no. Um, hold on. Um, yeah, just talk amongst yourselves. Uh-oh. I clicked off the tab. Sorry about that. Good job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, the next one here comes from EA Net Dude. Oh, wow, look at this. This is the source. It's the New York Post. And I like just the title right here, Lord King that destroys Piers Morgan. <laughs> and Mr. EA Net Dude has a little blurb here, and of course I'm going to have to read this later. He said that uh, Lord King had weighed in on his successor, who he said was a nice guy, but he's not a fan of his show, Lord King is. Lord King says, quote, it's too much about him. Oh, wait, it's too much about him. It's all, I've always tried to leave myself out of the interviews. It's wow. not the kind of show that I enjoy. When you turn on a show, the Jess should be talking 90% of the time. You are the king. You are the king. Unquote. Yes. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> yeah, Lord King is just let me let me go to the article here, see if there's any more nuggets of Lord King in here. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. So is it is this just universal now? Everyone hates Pierce Morgan? Damn. I mean <laughs> <laughs> They named I mean, a gun bill after him, too, which I think was like a <laughs> because of his stance on guns. Somebody, some Republican thought it was uh, funny to name a gun bill after him. 
um, in order to uh, garner attention. And he took him to task on his show about it recently. And it's like, damn, everybody's going in on Piers Morgan. Everyone. Oh, I didn't know that Piers Morgan's uh, show is down 35% from the previous what? month in ratings. Dude, I didn't even know so, that. So, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, Piers Morgan sucks. Long live Lord King. Thank you, Mr. EA Net, dude, for your submission. Oh, my God. Just one big robot apocalypse alert because <laughs> holy shit here. Because I got three posts in a row from Robo Lizard 222, my nemesis. Good Lord. Yes, he is, this bastard. <laughs> oh, my God. He's got, his first one here is what he calls a robot love alert. And it hey, just... I, I got a question before you proceed with uh, this Robo Apocalypse news from Robo Lizard. Since he is a Robo Lizard, mm-hmm. and he's giving us all these news, mm-hmm. is he like... Is he like a herald of the apocalypse? Is is he like the Silver Surfer of the robot apocalypse? I think so. <laughs> I think I, I, he's he's kind of warning us, but we we're not really taking him to task because he's just one little mechanical robot uh, lizard. Yeah, that's that's probably the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. No, believe me, I, I I've I've we've had meetings. The Joint Chiefs have had meetings. Joint Chiefs of the Human Defense League have had meetings about this and. Why don't you uh, tell me about those and uh, where you're having well, your secret meetings? No, you don't have clearance. You do not have clearance. You're, you've been labeled a, a robo collaborator, so you insult, bro. So believe well, me. I, any, I any, never, anything, uh, anything I, I, I say to you guys is going to be misinformation. You, you, you can, uh, you can trust me with all this secret information. No, 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 no. <laughs> Back to Mr. Robo Lizard's first post here. Mm-hmm. He's got a. Uh, he talks about this is coming from sciencedailyweb.com. So it's about science, and it's got science in the in the web address, so you know it's about science. Awesome. So he talks about here there's some human arm sensors that are making robots smarter. Talk about these arm sensors that help read people's muscle movements, and they send the information to the robot, and it helps anticipate humans' movements and corrects its own, which means that this is the way they're going to try to kill us. So thank you, Mr. Robo Lizard seven or 222 for that submission up the next one here he's got even he says and a few more robots Mm-hmm. A few robots more. And this is once again coming from Science Daily. He goes, the title here is Never Forget a Face. New algorithm uses subtle changes to make a face more memorable without changing a person's overall appearance. Oh. So, yeah, look up. An algorithm developed by people at MIT makes subtle changes and is unveiled. Want to, they say they want to modify the extent to which people can actually remember a face. So we're going to use artificial intelligence and robots to do this. Why? So when the, when the robot apocalypse happens, it's easier to identify your um, enemies and kill them? No, no, no. <laughs> Who do you think is going to be face number one on that list? Probably me. And the last one here from Robo Lizard two two two. He says, "I, I got to give him creativity on his titles here." The last one is the good, the bad, and the even more robot apocalypse. Awesome. <laughs> and awesome. once again, coming from the same sci- uh, Science Daily website, it says bio-inspired robotic device can aid in ankle foot rehabilitation. I guess there's a <laughs> soft, wearable device that mimic- mimics muscle, tendons, and ligaments of the lower leg, helping the rehabilitation of the ankle foot disorders such as drop foot a robotics expert says yes and then and then what it'll probably do is kill you immediately once it has a chance 
Yes, pretty much. <laughs> and 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 use your foot to kill other people. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, thank you, Mr. Robo Lizard two 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 for and, your submission. And shout out to Robo Lizard. Uh, for those who don't know, Neo finally got to meet Robo Lizard two 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 not long ago during uh, one of our uh, EX versus the Gundam Nation sessions. Wow. It was comedic to say the least. They got the talk on Skype. So uh, check that out on YouTube. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Freaking. Oh, oh, next one here is from Silver August, and yes. So, bro, cue, cue it. Oh, we it's a back? Survey News Alert. Let's go. A survey News Alert. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Got a link here for uh, you can take a look at uh, Bumblebee's robot form, uh, the image of that from the upcoming Survey Classic Transformers Age Extinction <laughs> of All Childhoods. And so, yeah, there you can, all the, all the G1 fans can take a look at that and then complain it's all about toys now, like it. You know, it was about good old stories and 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 such in the old days. Oh yeah. And uh, Mr. Silva August has another link here, and this is coming off. Both are coming off Sabertron.com. So this mm-hmm. is like official Transformers news. It says here, Jeff Klein confirms new Transformers series in production. Oh. Yes. Yes. They said it's uh, they got a new series in production, mm-hmm. and doesn't look like there's any uh, things on this yet, unless something's been released down the road um guys you know anything at chris you know anything about this outside of there's just a new series slated to come out here shortly there's a new series slated to come out here shortly there you go thank you thank you chris and thank you (laughs) mr silver august for your submission the next one here ooh, comes from dark hound noir and this is uh says the highly anticipated mecha game titanfall you know the the one that solbro will get immediately when it comes out indeed (laughs) yeah It's, it's not a mecha game. Don't call it that. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. Oh, I'm sorry. But it says there's going to be a de- they're going to have a beta test before the launch, and it's going to be on the Xbox One and PC versions of the game. Mm-hmm. Or it's it'd be on Xbox One and the PC versions of the game, but this has not been confirmed. So yes, they said there may be a port to the Xbox 360 uh, as well. So yeah, just um, you know. So I guess you can play it. They probably want to find out all the all the problems with it before they do the full launch. So I think I'll go beta test Elder Scrolls Online instead. <laughs> I, I think that would which be which I am bad. in. Oh, nice! So thank you, Mister Darkhound Noir, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from the Foul Sorceress, and he goes, "Victory on the anti-robot front." This is these are things that I like to uh, like to see here. Nice victory so- on the anti-robot front. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> maybe I should just do this in all timey timey voice. <laughs> Destination Minnesota. It seems that the FAA has put a hold on a local beer brewery's uh, drone delivery hopes. Uh, craft brewer Lake uh, Lake Made Beers was hoping to deliver their beer by uh, drone, and I guess the CEO, the FAA has kind of put a squash on that. So mm-hmm. I still don't understand. They're saying it's banned for commercial purposes. Blah blah blah. Yeah, so I still don't understand this whole drone delivery thing because they can't fly that high, so people are just going to shoot them out of the air. I mean, <laughs> and now what you would do? Well, I that mean, aside, the last thing we need is drunk robots flying around. Exactly. Exactly. Food. And isn't he drinking and driving? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't understand Possibly. that. So yes, victory on the anti-robot front. Ooh. And we talked about this earlier, and I'm only going to mention this just because it's a survey news alert. <laughs> 
Michael Bay. But EA NetDude has a link, and he says here, for Transformers Extinction of All Childhoods Super Bowl teaser trailer. Yes, we've all seen it. We've all talked about it. We know this is going to be the greatest movie of 2014, and maybe one of the greatest <laughs> movies of all time. So it has Optimus on top of Grimlock. I mean, that's freaking awesome. So, um, yes, check that out. Watch it again. We've all seen it. We all love it. Thank you, uh, EA NetDude, for your submission. Mm-hmm. Next one here comes from Vent Noir, and this is ooh, this is more anti-robot news. I like this. Finally, we get some wins. The humans get some wins on this. Damn. It sounds like this is coming from the Geekosystem.com, and it says here the Chinese lunar rover is stalling, and it might die alone on the moon. Yes, yes, take that. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I guess the the Chinese lunar robot. Uh, it's called U2 or Jade Robot. Uh, has experienced, or Jade Rabbit, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. has experienced some type of malfunction and hasn't recovered, and it may freeze over and die. So, ha! Yes. So that's the idea. Send all the robots to the moon. That's the idea that we have there. (laughs) Better look next time. And they'll crash the moon into the Earth. (laughs) Yeah. Either that or it's it, we'll just have the Moon Knights take care of them. So you know, but yes, thank you for that. I like the Moon Knights will be helping us. <laughs> yeah, they're not very helpful, are they? <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. And the last one here comes from EA Net Dude, and this is uh, one of those little greatest anime character. It's it's a top twenty five greatest anime characters list from IGN.com. And I know I know Chris loves lists. Oh, and I know especially loves like top tens and top twenty fives. So um Well since it's IGN, Rob Bricken didn't write this one, so oh No, 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 no. It's, what a shame. It's, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna go through all twenty five, but it looks like here the top five are Ooh, Raroni Kenshin, four is Astro Boy, mm-hmm. three is Goku, Mike Spiegel's two and Shinji Akari is number one. With oh, bullet. yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm, I'm sure somebody somebody in Canada right now is like, see, I told you. It's not. And there's not. What's all this? There's five. There's 50 different Blade Runners. There's only a couple different Evangelions. God Ugh. dang it. <laughs> so thank you, Mr. EA Net Dude, for your submission. And thank you, everyone, for your submissions. And if you ever have any articles that you'd like to submit, always go to the news listener and submit the news articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And now we're going to go for some hopes and dreams that were submitted probably over two years ago now with Solbro Ryu. Well, thank you, sir, for that excellent intro. And, yes. Uh, do you guys hear Because you're so, you're, you're so far behind. So. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys hear that? Oh, my God, that's Tattoo. Yelling, the plane, the plane, because we're going to Fantasy Island. Welcome to the Hopers and Dreamers Corner with Sobo Ryu. And uh, you can submit your uh, submissions to uh, our thread here at mechatalk.net. Just click on the Gundam session, section and uh, find the Hopers and Dreamers uh, Corner and go ahead and submit your hopes and dreams as well. And we'll read it on the future episode. The first submission is from The Wasted Youth. And he writes, my hope and dream is that... Gundam manga like Gundam Legacy, Gundam F90, Marzion and Zebra Zone manga, Mobile Suit Gundam Side Story Space, To End of a Flash, Kido Senshi Gundam UC Hard Graph, Tetsuk no Koraba, Gundam UC 0094, Across the Sky, and uh, Akodu Ciel, 
Gundam Thunderbolt, dang. And uh, lastly, Gundam Climax UC are released in America. For a long time, I wanted Gundam The Origin to be released in America again, but it came true unlike so many other hopes and dreams. Man, uh, I know at the top of the list out of all these, I would love to see a Code Du Ciel. Absolutely. That's a gorgeous book. And I'm um, drawn by um, Mikimoto, who's most famous for uh, Macross. But um, honestly, I, I, thanks to Tokyo Pop screwing that up, I don't think we're ever going to see that come out here. Not for a long time, anyway, unless uh, Vertical would be kind enough to pick that up. But whoa, Chris, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> are, are you harshing on a hope and dream here? Hey, I'm just saying, I, 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 I think the percentage is low, but uh, not completely impossible. But Chris, please go ahead and stop the throat of this hope and dream. <laughs> While it certainly is possible that Vertical might do some more Gundam in the future, depending on how things aren't with Origin, mm-hmm. probably not going to be a lot of those. If they pick anything, it's going to be something that's got to be popular and also short. So I don't see a lot of those getting um, picked up, especially since uh, a lot of them are pretty obscure. Your best hope is to turn to the Methods Network, because Ooh. some of those have already been covered by the Methods Network, and the rest, no one probably cares about. Yeah, outside of Code DCL, my other one is uh, Charles Deleted Affair. I'd love to read uh, a translated version of that. Um, and that's right where the Methods Network does not let you down, oh, so there you go. What? Well, it's always the Methods, man. Uh, I guess uh, I guess we have that to rely on until someone uh, decides to print them. So, Which it, will be never. All is not lost. <laughs> Except that it is. Oh, damn. Damn. You didn't hear that from us. but <laughs> You heard it from me. There you go. But uh, thank you, The Wasted Youth, for your submission. And we move on next. Well, actually, uh, Neo, man, any thoughts? I don't care less. All right. That, that's exciting stuff. But um, <laughs> <laughs> next up is a submission from Wellman. And he writes, hopefully, if enough people support Project X-Zone, Namco Bandai will nut up and give Western gamers a shot of Super Robot Wars oh. again. I mean, at some point, the licenses for the franchises they own have uh, has to run out, right? I can't believe every Super Robot slash Mecha program is locked up or they couldn't do another original generation. Uh, he quotes Yokozuna Bulldozer here, and he says, uh, Just like how Patton summed up the Marvel world and Star Wars world, someone bravely takes the challenge to unify all Mecha worlds into one epic TV show, a.k.a. live-action Super Robot Wars, the drama. I hope that... And dream that Mitokawa Hikaru does it since he has uh, he has been a well known fan of the franchise. And uh, lastly, Wellman writes, "You are mad." <laughs> in response to that, just a unification of Gurren Lagann and Gal Gadot alone in the live action media would likely destroy the Japanese entertainment industry, leaving nothing but bad game shows. <laughs> so uh, I, I I have to agree. Uh, that's that's going to cost a lot of money for those movies to be made. But going back to your your first point with uh, Project X Zone, yeah. I hope that game does sell well because it may open the doors for something else to come out here. Um, uh, I, I know that Namco... Or it won't because oh. people just assume that just because one isolated thing mm-hmm. might do well that somehow it will magically open the door to 10,000 other things when you know that's not necessarily the case because yeah. no two things are exactly... No situations are exactly the same. Just because one thing has licenses doesn't mean that another thing that has licenses can work. And I don't know why people like to make these like very simple comparisons that are not at all alike. Well, I mean, they're willing to take the gamble on one thing. I, I don't think they're going to bring over 10 million other games, but maybe they'll try to roll the dice again with something else. And why bother with something that's so niche in America? Yeah, I, I, that is the challenge. <laughs> why bother? Because uh, 
it's not just an issue of the licenses of things in America. While there is that, there's you also have to get permission from all of the Japanese licensors to use stuff that has not been licensed in America. Yeah. And I'm sure that the cost of locking up all of those licenses on both sides of the Pacific and all of the research and all of the work that would go into that probably outweighs the amount that it would legitimately sell because all the people who claim they would probably want to buy this would most likely not. Damn. So it's a waste of money. Sobering truth. <laughs> you know, if um, if people really wanted uh, to buy some Super Robot Wars, they had three opportunities when Atlas released games here, and none of those games sold very well. So Damn, yet true. again, another, another example of people <laughs> complaining so loudly that they want something, but then not putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah, so um, if anything, uh, I hope that you guys went out in mass and bought Project X-Zone, because... Uh, if anything, if that same sold uh, sold piss poor, then that's that's a pretty good chance nothing's gonna come out of here. <laughs> what, what what date is this post? Uh, it was uh, posted on June twenty fifth of last year. So, so I've never looked at the numbers for Project X Zone. I honestly never saw any news reports where it actually did better than its um its 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 goals that they set for it or it made uh, sold gangbusters. So it just kind of came and went, and uh, not much with um has has rippled out since. So okay, that much I could tell you, but uh. Thank you very which much. Is, mm-hmm. Which was nothing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome. Um, thank you, Wellman, for your submission. And last but not least is uh, a submission from Yokozuna Bulldozer. And uh, he writes, On Gundam's 40th anniversary... A sp- a, a marathon special airs on Japanese television with all staff and cast members from all shows participating. Wow, that's going to be massive. Um, Tomino will be given a special pardon by driving in a core fighter themed go kart as he taunts everyone. <laughs> Commentary will be done by Furuya Toru and Ikeda Shuichi, respectively. Uh, last but not least, protagonist voice actors will have to say their famous lines to get water during their run. <laughs> well, oh, he's actually, he actually meant like a real marathon. Yeah, that's a tall not order. just like a TV marathon. That's funny. <laughs> a real marathon. See, he, he hits us with that last, that last <laughs> bit. But uh, shout out to Yokozuna Bulldozer for creativity. I'll be all for seeing that. No question. Will it happen? Probably no. <laughs> Chris, any thoughts? I'd, I'd watch that for the lulls. Oh, my God. That would be that would be destination TV right there, especially with Tomino in the cart, man. I'd love to see that. <laughs> you know, if I would just may say, a creative submission like this is something we can actually have fun with, instead of uh, no offense to all of you hopers and dreamers, uh, people who just keep going on and on and on and on about the same thing. Because honestly, Solbro, mm-hmm. aren't the majority of these submissions like almost always the exact same nonsense of "Hey, I want this completely unrealistic release of Product X here." That uh, yeah. th- there's a lot of that there, uh, and in the thread yeah this which is frankly pretty damn boring because it's the i i'm saying the same stuff all the time and you're saying the same stuff all the time Mm -hmm. so people (laughs) put some effort into this stuff don't just oh i want you know this thing to come out that i know won't come out but i'm gonna wish for it anyway put Mm -hmm. some freaking thought into it the way uh this last submission did yeah that's, that's actually funny well thank you yokozuna bulldozer for that creative submission and yeah spice it up if you guys can um there's a lot of backlog i still have left but i might if, if it's a lot of the same repeat things i might have to go you might i think you need to start doing up. some some yeah. editorial trimming here because we episode after episode it's just the same stuff of i want something to come that i know will never come out well yeah. I'll, I'll have to grab the standouts then and go from that and for those who uh want to resubmit your thoughts that are, are more creative than by all means 
means uh, come at you, challenge us. That's what we want you to do. Challenge come at me, bro. Here. Come That's at what me, I'm bro. Saying. That's right. And don't tase us. But uh, <laughs> thanks to everybody who submitted this this session of uh, Hopers and Dreamers Corner, and I turn the mic back to Neo. All right. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for all those hopes and dreams that were just uh, sadly pathetic. But um, now we're going to be doing some uh, old-timey news hour stuff with Chris. So, Chris, take it away. Right, the first one comes from Zero the Masked Knight, who surprisingly has nothing zombie-related this time. Oh, wow. Shocking. And uh, he points us to his signature. Okay. Seeing people for who they are, not who you think they are, not what you want them to be. Seeing someone unconditionally, without paranoia, without prejudice, without stereotypes, without fear. That's what love is. Love is looking into a person's eyes and seeing a soul. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was deep. It's very deep. Next is Mechton GM who says, can't believe no one's posted this one, which honestly, I'm surprised as well that it took uh, as long as it did for someone to post this. Exciting. Today, today, at the edge of our hope, at the end of our time, we've chosen not only to believe in ourselves, but in each other. Today, there's not a man nor woman in here that shall stand alone. Not today. Today, we face the monsters that are at our door and bring the fight to them. Today, we are canceling the apocalypse. That is fantastic. <laughs> and I know just what to go with that. <laughs> I know that you do. Ooh, awesome. All right, next up, uh, we have RoboLizard222, who's uh, getting a little musical here. Some Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> okay. I don't know how I can if, if this one can be pulled off uh, properly, but I'll give it my uh, my best here. I am the very model of a modern major general. I'm information vegetable, animal, and mineral. I know the kings of England, and I quote the fights historical from Marathon to Waterloo in order categorical. I'm very well acquainted too with matters mathematical. I understand equations, both the simple and quadratical. About binomial theorem, I'm teeming with a lot of news, with many cheerful facts about the square of the hypotenuse. I'm very good at integral and differential calculus. I know the scientific names of beings and immaculus. In short in matters vegetable, animal, and mineral, I am the very model of a modern major general. Wow. <laughs> That's, uh... That was a beautiful run back. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> Bonus credits if someone posts the Mass Effect version. Oh, wow. I, I didn't even realize they did one in that. I know that there was one in uh, the next generation, though. I forget who did it in there. Well, but the, the, the Mass Effect version has different lyrics. Oh, wow. So, someone, if you post that, it will be done. Nice. Nicely done. I, hope, I look forward to it. And next we have Yokozuna Bulldozer. Hello. Tired of having to go to the city for gunpla? Tired of having to go through the hassle of picking payment methods? Introducing Iori Model Shop. We are a proud independent store founded by that legendary runner-up Iori Takeshi and are always alert to facilitate all your gunpla needs. We've got it all from SD to perfect and even those horrific oldie kits you wish you bought as bootlegs to save some more money. <laughs> We have one of the finest Gunpla experts on staff that will teach you the A's to Z's of Gunpla and even demonstrate battles from our very own diorama room. Iori Model Shop. This is no ordinary model shop, boy. <laughs> That's funny. Man, he brought an actual original spot for that, man. That's fantastic. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think we should close 
uh, for Neo's sake, on a survey note. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Survey note. Oh. There we go. Yes. <laughs> who? Who is this? Who? What fine person brought this? Uh, uh, this is uh, EA Net dude. Oh. Okay. <laughs> this really doesn't make any sense, honestly. I I kind of <laughs> wonder if he just posted this in the wrong thread. Oh, no. <laughs> Whoa, what, is he, what, what does it say? But screw it, we're going to go with it. Yeah, let's do this. Michael Bay's Transformers pictures are a direct satire and condemnation of post-9-11 fascist America. <laughs> what? Optimus is directly responsible for all the violence and death in all three movies, hmm. lies to the humans on multiple occasions, and literally acts like a violent psychopath every single time his cover story gets challenged. A sequence in Dark of the Moon directly replicates the Twin Towers going down, to be interrupted by a red, white, and blue flying America robot swoop-in. Megatron even offers a truce at the end solely to save their people, and Optimus responds by killing him and destroying Cybertron, because it's better to screw over millions and negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> what uh what is Woo! this from like is this Woo! is this is this his opinion of the movie or I, I i don't know uh it's not the original post because it says here it was edited in january and this is posted in november so i i don't know i don't understand what? i just read the stuff <laughs> yeah okay that was that was more like an op-ed piece <laughs> god it just sounds like every one of those butt hurt Transformers fans are like, oh, Optimus is too too mean in these movies. Well, oh. let's 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 close with one more then, which would also yeah, uh, close out twenty thirteen. Nice. Which would also close out twenty thirteen for us. So, oh wow, I'll be more cut up than Solbro. Oh okay. yeah. Well. So the, now this last one comes from AJQ thirty two, who says, in the year twenty forty nine, the world's most popular motorsport is the Immortal Grand Prix. <laughs> Akashi Jin could be its greatest pilot ever. He can just get over being a teenager. <laughs> this season, Takashi and Team Satomi hit the big leagues on a quest to take the crown. The only thing standing in the way, 180 miles of track and five teams determined to win. All at 350 miles an hour. They wouldn't have it any other way. From the studio that brought you Ghost in the Shell, Cartoon Network is proud to present the first Toonami original series, IGPX. The race begins. Nice. And we, we end on a good foot. Yeah, not that weird... Sir Bay one. I don't know what that was all about, but uh, thank you, Chris, for your submission, and thank you, everyone, for um, submitting to the uh, old-timey news hour. And, guys, anything before we go into our first and only segment of the night? I'm still reeling from that Sir Bay grenade. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know you know how, like, you, you hear something, and you your mind's processing it, so you're kind of like, you feel like you're slowing down, you're not noticing everything? That's kind of the way I'm feeling right now. I'm like, what, what does this even mean? But, um, yes, okay, well, thank you. Uh, we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Goddamn at MHQ. We have a problem. We need to set up a perimeter. Who is this? Isn't this the coach of the baseball team? No, you have the wrong number. This is Shirley Douglas's residence. Really? Yes, I should know. She's my mother. Your mother? You still live with your mother? How old are you? I'm hanging up now. Kiefer, who was that? Gun Damn it, Mom! I told you to knock before you come in! What did the Anime Addicts Anonymous hosts think of My Little Pony?
If you're a dude older than 12, <laughs> you really should not be watching My Little Pony. And if you are, go eat some chicken wings. Anime. I'd rather watch the Smurfs. Smurfette was hot. Addicts. I'm pretty sure I set a few My Little Ponies on fire when I was a, when I was a child. Anonymous. No, that's cool. I'm just saying, like, My Little Ponies burn real nice because they're made of plastic. Podcast. Visit us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, and live from Japan on Ustream.tv. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, The Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash gundammahq and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. This is Stephanie Shea, and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Gundam at MHQ, and for our sole topic this episode, we're going to be doing our reviews for episodes 11 through 15 of Gundam Boyfriend. So we'll jump right into it with episode 11, Battle Royale, which picks up from where we last left off, and we have Sei and Reiji confronting Meijin Kawaguchi, who uh, very emphatically insists that he is not at all Yuki Tatsuya, did not go to uh, the school that Yuki went to, was not president of the model building club, and uh, totally is not him. <laughs> and said, allow me to take off my glasses and show you my face, the face that is not Yuki. <laughs> Which totally is Yuki. Totally convincing. <laughs> yes. He's playing a part, but hamming it up to sell a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. So, 
After that, we have uh, another encounter in the ongoing uh, meat bun saga between Isla and Reiji. <laughs> and then we get into the meat of the episode, if you will, which is the battle royale on a massive stage that includes both Earth and space involving all 90 of the fighters. So we have uh, Saiyan Reiji starting off in space and they team up with Mao and decide that um, they should work together to try to survive to the end because there's so many other fighters, Mm -hmm. which is a good idea. Unfortunately for them, they're attacked almost immediately by Thai champion Luang Dallara and his Abigorbine. And it's a pretty fierce battle because he pretty instantly figures out what's up with the absorb shield and disables it so that they can't use it to absorb his beam blast and then do the discharge. And uh, thankfully for them, they're able to uh, get away because he decides that um, he doesn't want to keep fighting them (laughs) and uh, get himself messed up. So a little twist on the old uh, atmospheric entry and say and Reiji end up on earth. So we have, a bunch of battles happening all over Earth. We see Yuki fighting and taking down a bunch of uh, people with ease, including some uh, some Black Tristar wannabes using the Destiny domes. Yeah. And failing miserably. And then we see Fellini out on the desert using his little motorcycle, taking out a bunch of punks. But then he runs into some trouble when he spots a massive Gaw attack carrier, which is an unusual choice. It's piloted by Rainer, the guy from Germany. And uh, this guy Rainer wants revenge on Fellini for stealing his girlfriend last year, which Fellini in protests his innocence, saying that she came to him. So uh, the Gaw opens its hangar doors and reveals an entire legion of Gundam fighters who are all dedicated to taking down Fellini and getting revenge because he <laughs> stole their girls too. Nice. <laughs> and this includes the likes of um, a Versigo, a heavily customized Epion, some victory stuff, a bunch of uh, crazy things. And they're actually in trouble for a while until Say and Reiji show up to help. And uh, Fellini wonders, why would they help? And of course, Reiji's thing is, well, I, I want to fight you, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can't, uh, can't have this go down like this. So they're still kind of outnumbered, and uh, this dragon Epion custom thing is giving Reiji some trouble. But uh, fortunately, Mao arrives and uh, gives some cover fire with the satellite cannon. So... Uh, Rainer uselessly crashes the Gaw and accomplishes nothing. Kind of like Garma. Oh. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Now, at the same time, the chairman of PPSC, a guy named Mashita, has been watching the tournament, and he freaks the hell out when he sees a picture of Reiji on the live feed and recognizes him and wonders um, how he could be here from this other world, mm-hmm. which right there raises a bunch of red flags. It sure does. And then at the end of the episode, with uh, all of the loser ex-boyfriends defeated, things suddenly change when a ginormous Zaku appears out of nowhere. <laughs> and attacks. So, Nia, what were your thoughts on this episode? Oh my gosh. When I mean, this is when you think back of when this show is announced and, you know, after watching the what is it? It wasn't Build Fighters, but what was that short called? 
Um, oh, uh, Gunpla Builders? Gunpla <coughs> Builders, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But So this is what you always were hoping for. A big battle royale with all these suits that we've seen in so many different uh, shows and OVAs and stuff that you just sit there and are always wondering, man, what would it be like if uh, if a dome went against uh, you know a Jigen or something like that? And this is kind of what we get. And uh, yes, it's a lot of silliness, especially <laughs> with all the jilted boyfriends against Fellini. That was just too—that was too good, actually, because you're sitting there and like, who the hell would put a bring in a, a Gaul uh, attack carrier to something like this? <laughs> and then you find out the whole thing is they, those guys cared less. They cared nothing about anything else but just knocking Fellini out of this thing, <laughs> and they all just. Banded together and said, you know, oh, he's still all our girlfriends, so we we just need to take him out of this. And um, the beef yeah, is real. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just, it, it was it was too much. I mean, <laughs> it really was. And then, of course, the um, the chairman of PPSE is. Um, you know, of course, he's got the whole mystery about, oh, Reiji, what's he doing here? Blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, we see that this guy is actually um, uh, just, just just like all, all of these uh, heads of evil corporations going to do things on his on his own terms by releasing a ginormous Zaku. <laughs> so definitely some good stuff. And if, if you just it, just on the whole geek out factor of just seeing all of these suits just battling each other. And yeah, I know they're not. Most of them aren't true to their original forms, but uh, a lot of the additions that they have are so damn cool. And it's just really cool to see them all, you know, go at each other. And it almost seems, you know, just like not so much in this episode, but in uh, previous episodes and even in later ones that all, um, you know, God, these these gunpla battles they they seem like they last a lot longer than the actual uh, Gundam or mobile suit battles in the shows. <laughs> So, but yeah, definitely some good stuff. So back to you, Chris. So bro, your thoughts uh, to me, uh, the highlight of this episode was definitely Ricardo Pilgrim and the league of evil X's. That was the best. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that old, that old, uh, tour de force battle, uh, with, uh, with Ricardo and, um, and, and getting, um, seeing the band start to form together too, with Fellini, say Reggie and Mal, when they all, uh, they all team up to fight against, uh, the, uh, the old, the old, uh, evil exes right there. It was, uh, it was nice to finally see some, some synergy between all of them, uh, working together, especially with the save with Mal at the end. This episode definitely has the longest stinger sequence of the series so far. I think that was like five minutes <laughs> towards the end. We, we get to see the outcome of the, of the battle with the evil exes and then the uh the 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 old titan zaku shows up as well towards the end but i i like some of the the character moments in this episode a lot when reiji runs into isla and they uh have that moment where he he gets his meat bun after all and and, and pays her overpays her <laughs> for the meat bun which of course lead into the next episode I, I thought that they they did a nice job of uh threading those two together and outside of that you guys touched on a lot of great points um the the ball tries tri stars was a crazy scene with um oh yeah when uh I, I like to call them the bald tri stars because they certainly aren't as cool as the black tri stars. <laughs> 
seconds. But Delora handled them nicely, so it was it was good to see that too. But a uh, fun episode, man. Uh, the chairman, he's a trip. I'm actually got my eyes on the uh, his female assistant Baker. Um, I've got a little theory about that that I'll talk about. Oh, later. let's see. let's. Oh uh, no no. no it, wait, let's now, now's now. not the time because uh, later oh. in later episode. In the well, later, why, in, why did you why did you uh, because, get because us all excited about this in man, the, in this episode with Baker? She doesn't even really some, she doesn't even I love say some much. Soul bro theories. <laughs> Because they always come true. Oh boy, like they do, man. Dreams. On point. It's always. Is, is, is this on? Well, before we get to that, is it? You don't have to get into it, but is, is this on par with your theory about a certain King Arthur? Uh, King King Arthur, yeah. Uh, it's it's not on par with that, but it's uh it's it's a, it's a theory that it it echoes oh. back to another Gundam series, and I'll I'll get into that Ooh. when um when we get more into Baker later on. So, if anything, uh, a solid episode. I, I wanted to call it Chairman Coming. <laughs> but he's not worthy of that moniker so for fm so um back to you chris all right well i thought this was a really fun episode in that uh you know we have that large-scale battle that neo mentioned we had that a little bit at the end of gunplot builders where they had this big space battle in um about a coup but even that's not on the same scale as this because you have this huge field yeah. of space mm-hmm. and then you actually could enter the atmosphere and have this fight all over different parts of Earth. We see Yuki out in uh, a city. Um, of course, Fellini is out in the desert. <laughs> yes, I love that. The desert. So that was just really neat to think like, man, this is such a huge freaking uh, map. You wonder about like the, uh, the ping levels. <laughs> Well, I mean, and, and, in a, and in a weird, <laughs> yeah. and in a weird way, this is—it's like this is what we've always wanted from this. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. just giant, giant area, giant arena, and just everything under the sun that you can think of. Yeah, and we see all sorts of weird things, like an Epion that's been customized yeah. with the dragon's gun, the dragon yes. Gundam's arms for its legs. Man. That thing was cool looking. It really was a cool looking Epion. Yeah. Uh, I loved just the comedy behind uh, Rainer and his league of um, jilted, jilted loser ex-boyfriends. <laughs> that definitely gave me some Scott Pilgrim vibes as I was watching that. It sure did. <laughs> so that was amusing. And then, you know, out of nowhere, the surprise of this ginormous Zaku appearing just after this major win. And you wonder, well, what the hell is going on here? And what a coincidence that this giant Zaku which uh, has not been part of the match before this, suddenly shows up right after the chairman recognizes Reiji, which, of course, itself is another mystery. So you have a couple of things going on there. So let's wrap this one up with ratings. So, Neo, your rating. Oh, it's got to be four out of five jilted boyfriends. So Okay, Solbro? I would have to say uh, four out of five surprise uh, satellite, satellite lasers out of five. <laughs> I will give this one uh, four out of five Zaku tanks because why not? Night, why not? <laughs> I, I would like to add. I totally forgot to mention this, but uh, the little moment where they actually talk about the pseudonym behind Yuki's uh, name—they uh, actually mentioned about uh, Kawaguchi and and the significance of the of the actual model builder. It was a nice touch in this episode. I, I, I Chris had explained it to me last episode about the, the 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 man behind the name, and it was nice to see that the show acknowledged that too. So that was a nice moment. All right, so we will move on to episode twelve, discharge. Mm-hmm. So we have um, 
the Zaku that has entered the battlefield, and we find out that indeed this Zaku was placed into the middle of combat on Mashita's orders, <laughs> since Baker is his helpful minion. So he's interfering in the tournament to help take down Reiji. So this huge battle's going on. Most of the people are trying to avoid said battle because they don't want to get near that ginormous Zaku. And even people watching on TV like uh, Rinko noticed that um, that Zaku seems to be deliberately targeting Reiji. Yeah. So the two of the two of them decide that screw it, we're gonna take this sucker down. So they unveil the second of the uh, Star Build Strikes gimmicks, which is the discharge system. Mm-hmm. So we saw previously the absorb system that lets them absorb beam blasts, and now we have the discharge system, which allows them to use that absorbed energy to power uh, some wings of light and uh, all this other fancy stuff. So with help from Mao Fellini and some surprise support from Yuki and Nils, they managed to take down the Zaku. And with that, following all of the other eliminations, the Battle Royale is officially over. Oh. So afterwards... um, you know, we have some uh, goings on with uh, Mashita about uh, wanting to make sure that Reiji loses. And we have another installment in the Meat Bun Chronicles with <laughs> Reiji encountering Isla outside of a convenience store. Mm-hmm. And she gives him a Meat Bun back because he overpaid her in the previous episode and she doesn't want to owe him. Mm-hmm. But uh, they start bickering again. And then a couple of punks show up and start harassing them. So Reiji, never being one to back down from a fight, ends up uh, getting into a fight. (laughs) And in the stinger, we see that um, he has uh, injured his wrist, which is not helpful because uh, Baker has come up with a surefire plan to make sure that they lose in the next tournament round. Of course. So, Sober, what were your thoughts on this episode? Um, it was a spectacular finish to the uh, the Zaku, the attack on Zaku fight. I, I thought that was a a nice coordinated effort, and um, a, a nice touch was when uh, Ricardo and um, Mal pretty much got in the way of uh, the cracker that uh, that the Zaku threw because those things were like nuclear bombs, the the size of those explosions. But they managed to uh, put themselves in harm's way to protect the star build so they can do its uh its attack. So these guys are really learning how to work together, and I'm I'm, I'm sure that the other two are going to come around as well, Yuki and. Uh, nils and they're going to form the the gunpla boys which I, I look forward to seeing if that actually happens or do- doesn't but it, it seems to be shaping up that way uh, you do get to see more baker this episode and uh the fact that she's the one that's facilitating all the skullduggery that's going on for the the chairman because the chairman doesn't have the nuts or the uh the i guess the intelligence to to come up with all these ways to to screw over the um the the players are more so reiji and uh say so you know that she's doing his dirty work for him which makes me start to suspect her. And I guess I go into my theory. I, I think their relationship has shades of Alejandro Corner and Ribbons from Double O. And it might just be a spoof of that or just an echo of that that's done on purpose. But uh, if Baker turns out to be a heavy, I won't be surprised. <laughs> I won't be surprised because she seems to be smarter than uh, she lets on. And the chairman, of course, is he's, he's, he's holding on to some secrets, but... He's going to fold eventually, and he's going to get crushed with the rest of the villains in the show. So uh, I'm looking to see exactly how her development goes as the show goes wrong, along. Other than that, uh, it was it was a, a solid episode. Uh, one of the scenes I did like a lot was uh, the scene between Mal and Ricardo. Uh, I'm not Mal and Ricardo. I'm sorry, Ricardo and Nils in the uh, behind the uh, the stage where they talk about the Star Build strike and the fact that uh, Ricardo had noticed that uh, 
Nils had helped out during the fight with uh, using the Gerberba straight to take out those two missiles. And then uh, Nils goes into the conversation about the secret of the particles and um, the abilities that the Star Build Strike has, and he finds it interesting. So eventually I'm sure that'll tie him into the whole dynamic of the team when that goes down. Other than that, I can go on. I'll let you guys touch on some other points, but it was a great episode. All right, Neil, your thoughts? Well, I, I didn't go into that much thought about the relationship between Baker and, and the CEO as uh-huh. Solbro did. You guys, quite, quite an analysis there, son. Uh, hey, man. <laughs> I'm not alone in that thought, by the way. Uh, I've, I've had discussions with other fans since, and some of them feel the same way I do. So I could be wrong. I'm, I'm ready to be wrong, but I, 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 I will see what happens. So there you go. Yeah, well, but, yeah, it, 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 it's like, whoa, okay. I, somebody had a little more free time on their hands, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, definitely uh, a good follow-up, yes. Um, you know, the battle with the big Zaku and, and, and the fact that you see like guys like Nils and uh, Yuki helping out because everybody kind of realizes that, hey, yeah, we, we want to we knock each other out of this tournament, but when stuff like this happens and it's, you know, it's, it's blatantly targeting somebody else, you know, let's kind of help them out and, and, and do what we need to do. And yeah, okay. <laughs> the Meat Bun Saga is funny. Probably, probably one of the funniest things uh, there, and it, it, it just makes it so funny because you know, as soon as the stuff's going down with all these punks, you're like, you know, Reiji's not gonna back down. Mm-hmm. He's definitely not gonna break back down. And of course, we see that you know what his what his not backing down does. And of course, um, you know, just like in all of these things, it it's melting the uh, the facade of the ice princess there. So Isla, so you know, she's she's starting to realize that there's more than just fighting in gunpla tournaments. There's also meat buns. So I mean, it's 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 definitely uh, some great stuff there. But um, that's about it, really. So. Right. Well, uh, I thought we had a good conclusion for the Zaku fight, and it's interesting that uh, the game had all of these this army of Zaku kits to uh, use for computer-controlled opponents, and definitely with Mashita interfering with the tournament to take down Reiji, very reminiscent of G Gundam with Wang Yun Fat yeah. doing the same thing with Domon. Very true. So I think that was completely deliberate on their part to echo that and uh the meat bun saga i think is uh amusing because typically with your anime romances you have you know a dude who um is just very like thick and clueless and a girl who is uh, sundere Mm -hmm. but it's pretty unusual to have a romance where you have two characters who are both sundere yeah to un astonishingly equal extent because they are both so headstrong and stubborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty uncommon. So that's fun. And uh, let's give this one some ratings. So Sober, what was your rating for this one? Well, I'm going to have to give this one uh, four cold ass meat buns out of five. <laughs> All right, Neil. I'd have to give it uh four uh, street punk beatdowns out of five. Nice. All right, I will give this one four meddling tournament sponsors out of five. There you go. Oh, all you guys are doing the same things. It's Chris forcing your his opinion on you. <laughs> exactly. Yes. As yes. it should be. As it should be. Damn it. His will. Yes. <laughs> Man, we we never have our own opinion on this show. Uh. Oh boy. <laughs> so episode thirteen, battle weapon. We have. Um, 
China coming to visit because she's staying with relatives and is going to come watch the matches in person. And we see that uh, Reiji is trying to uh, ice his wrist and he's hiding his injury from Sei, mm -hmm. which of course will come into play later on. And then we have the next installment of the Meat Bun Chronicles where Isla thanks Reiji, but also uh, in a Sundere way says, I'd have beaten up those guys on my own without you <laughs> making a whole fuss about it. Yeah. Of course. So we find out that this next round is going to be an original weapon battle where all of the fighters will draw a number and they'll only be able to fight with a weapon that they draw from a box in the battle, but nobody will know what the weapon is until they're in the battle and get said weapon. Mm -hmm. And Reiji isn't able to pull the lever on the slot machine because he wants to hide his swollen wrist. So he asks Say to do it, and uh, Say unfortunately gets an unlucky 44. I didn't, which... I didn't, I didn't realize that was an unlucky number in uh, Japanese culture. Well, okay, here's the thing about that. Mm -hmm. uh, four is an unlucky number mm. in Japan because one of the alternate pronunciations of Four is the same as the word for death. Oh, wow. Okay. What so, forty-four or double four is double unlucky. Isn't eleven also a bad number too? I don't know. No I, I don't think so. But <laughs> four definitely is considered an unlucky number. So, uh, there are in some places in Japan where they have the same stupid superstition that uh, there are buildings with no fourth floor. Oh, okay. Wow. Just like how we don't have 13th floors. Yeah, you ever been? You've ever been in a high rise that doesn't have a 13th floor? It's kind of weird. Yes, because <laughs> because you, you'll look at the elevator thing. Not to get off track, but you'll mm -hmm. you know you'll look at the the keys on the elevate on the elevator, and you're like, wait, um, oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was just wondering because I, I I knew it had to have some significance, but it was like it's like double fours, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know. Well, there so, you go. Thank you, thank you for educating me, sir. We learned about culture. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna say culture, but Earth doesn't have the best one. Damn it! No, no. <laughs> we got to work on that. <laughs> yes, we do. So when we get to the battles, we find out that uh, the people are all paired with the person whose number was next to theirs. Mm -hmm. So we see some uh, some rather funky weapons, like uh, Mao being given a spray gun, which literally is just a spray gun that sprays paint. <laughs> That was hilarious. That we set, see. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I said that jet set radio weapon. <laughs> yeah. yeah much. But he worked it and he won. He did. We see um, Rainer being given a uh, little pistol, which unfortunately is no good because he's using a ginormous wadome from turn A. <laughs> <laughs> And it's completely ineffective against Fellini, who he loses to yet again. And yeah. swiftly. <laughs> yes. There's some other battles as well, of course. But then the final battle that we see is Sei and Reiji versus Luang. And their weapon is a uh, catcher's mitt and uh, baseball. <laughs> the baseball being an actual ball mm -hmm. yeah. of the mobile pod variety. So what they don't know is that Luong, in addition to being a uh, gunpla master, was also a uh, top-level baseball player back in Thailand and played on the national level and has a sick batting average. Yeah, like what, 98%? 
it's yeah that, that does the, I, I saw that it's ridiculous. like <laughs> I mean if you're in the hall hall of famers have like they're good like 30% of the time <laughs> he, he has no business being the gunpowder builder above being a baseball player that guy yeah, on average do he be yeah, the greatest I, baseball player of all time <laughs> yeah but to each their own <laughs> yeah I, so you know, obviously, uh, by pitching, Ragey has to use his injured hand, which results in a couple of lousy balls. And Luong is saying, "Hey, I know you guys can do better than this." Mm-hmm. So, Say finally sees that Ragey is injured, and the two of them work together because uh, Ragey obviously doesn't know shit about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> So Say gives him exact instructions, but they also unveil the final gimmick of the star build strike, which is the RG system. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a magical glowy system that allows for oh, yeah. more precise movement. And with that, they are able to uh, take down Luang on the third pitch and uh, thus win the match, which leaves both Baker and Mashita mortified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Luan congratulates them on their win, and uh, there's tons of sports anime cliches. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the end of the episode, the, the stinger, we see Isla finishing up one of her matches, and she is uh, shocked, and I'm surprised it took her this long, to learn that Reiji himself is a gunpla fighter. Yeah. So, Neo, what were your thoughts on this episode? Uh, <laughs> I was kind of sitting there waiting uh, for um, the baseball episode because <laughs> it, it, it does seem that there's always some type of uh, baseball theme in, in a lot of these, especially these competition, you know, in com- competition animes like this. But yeah, that was just too funny. And and you're just sitting there seeing all the different. Uh, I, I, I like the gimmick of you're, you're going to get a weapon. You don't know what it is because you're kind of thinking, OK, what are these going to be? And then when as you're seeing it's like a paint sprayer and you know ball and bat and you know stuff like that you're just like okay this this does this this is this is interesting so it uh, <laughs> definitely it definitely made for a good time and it and it it brought out the whole thing with say it's like you know originally say wanted to do the gunpla battle himself and of course Reiji's a lot better at what he's doing so he still fi- kind of feels involved now because you can see like after this episode he gets a little bit a, a little bit more enthusiastic and, and motivation because you know Rage got hurt because of the you know the the meat buns the meat bun chronicles and so you know it's it's a pretty simple movement so he, sh- he should be able to help Ragey uh, pitch a ball so literally a ball uh, and so uh, <laughs> that was hilarious and I just love the way that uh, the hats uh, went on both mobile suits. <laughs> <laughs> That joke was hilarious. On the build strike, it looks so the Gundam looks so funny with the, with the, with the hat with the cap on that it's got the holes that like you know fits the V fin no problem. It's just which like, makes it look a lot like Dragonar. Yeah, it does make it look like the Dragonar. Yeah, that is that. that oh, and then uh, of course on Luau's um, mecha, it's just kind of hanging off the side of his. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely pretty funny, and of course, you know, we we know that there's going to be some type of another season upgrade so we might as well just see the third and final system of the build strike (laughs) (laughs) and i I love chris's um description of it some glowy system (laughs) (laughs) 
I definitely like that. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's um, definitely some good stuff. And anytime that you know, a lot of times these baseball episodes are pretty fun. You know, no matter what type of anime it is, you know mm-hmm. what type it is. And and at first, when you see this happening, it's just kind of like, oh no. But they 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 make it just hilarious. And like I said, the fact that, like Solbar stated earlier, the fact that Luau's his batting average is nine ninety nine nine point nine percent. Something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you're just sitting there and you're like, what? So yeah, definitely um, definitely some funny stuff. And uh, you know, it it, it just keeps you going. I, I would have to say of you know this the success of three episodes like this so far, I was couldn't wait for more. You know, it was just you, you're just waiting for more ridiculousness and fun, and and it was just continuing to build. So back to you, Chris. Sober, I imagine you have a lot of uh, comments about the abundance of sport anime tropes in this episode. I do yeah, indeed. A ton. And the funny thing is, is when this episode <clears throat> dropped, I hadn't watched it at the time. When it dropped, I was just reading some of the comments at uh, the Mecha Talk uh, Facebook group, and a lot of people weren't happy with the fact that uh, sports, uh, an actual sport, found its way into the show. Like some people didn't like the baseball gimmick. And to me, this wait, wait, show... hold on, hold on, hold uh, on for a second. Mm-hmm. So after all of the goofiness and yes. all of the ridiculousness of mm-hmm. taking a plastic model and making <laughs> it where you can you can fight in an arena and all this, mm-hmm. they were mad because they were forcing uh, two mobile suits to play baseball. I guess they missed when they first showed up to the tournament that there was like an event screen that showed you that there was going to be other things besides fighting on the screen. So I was just waiting for them to find some way to actually implement other avenues of competition in this in this in this series instead well, of just fighting uh, that's not that's not even my point it's yeah. the fact of you're they're surprised and all the way that's gone on in this show all the way up to this point mm-hmm. that you would have two mobile suits playing baseball <laughs> that that would <laughs> they, they would take offense to this you'd be amazed but there was so much criticism in this episode yes, there was really? so much bitching and there complaining was a lot of people shitting on it yeah because... i think a good amount of it is just general anti-sports settlement which yeah. You know, I'm I'm not much of a sportsman guy myself. Neither am I. I. <laughs> I casually watch soccer occasionally, and that's it. But I don't, you know, just blindly hate on sports exactly. just for um, the sake of it. And I know that a lot of people who identify as geeks do. Yeah. Blindly hate on sports just for the hell of it. So I would attribute a lot of the complaints to that. Yeah. For me, I've always loved the stories behind athletes and, and, and whether it be in real life or in fictional uh, endeavors like this and, and to see that they actually found a clever way to implement baseball and, and later on other events as well, whether it be other games or sports or even just Olympic things as well in the show is, is a testament to the series because it already carries so many sports tropes along long like uh the main character one of the main players getting injured before a big fu- a big fight or big to do um which of course you know that happens to to reiji so you know that's that's something you would see in uh, hajime no ippo or big wind up um you know like like before a big or fight and they gotta, yeah. yeah yeah they gotta fight through the pain and and be able to uh to to overcome the, even the in uh, g gundam uses that sports trope yes. when uh Domon gets injured by the snake man yes. and has to fight 
while injured. Exactly. So and hiding and hiding the injury from your partner or manager or something like that because that you know how many times do you see that? Oh, you know, I mean, Ragey was all up. Say didn't know that until he was in the cockpit <laughs> until, with him, until so. the last second, and that that's yeah. a problem between the two of them is they they still need to work on their communication a bit more. But um, when the when the when they were faced with that crisis and Say did see that that was happening, I love the fact that he comes up with a plan almost in no time. Like he he just is a very good at, he's very good at improvising and making adjustments to whatever they're doing and, and being able to 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 see an obstacle and find a way around it. Uh, Ragey would try to go through it, but say you know it's it's great that he's there to be able to come up with these plans to do what he needs to do. Well, also he's he's a Japanese kid and baseball is a super huge. <laughs> sport in Japan, Mm -hmm. which I think a lot of the complainers in this episode uh, were ignorant of and did not know that baseball is super huge in Japan, almost as big as it is here, if not bigger. So, of course, the the kid would know about baseball and, you know, how to get around uh, the deficiency of Reiji's injury. Well, these kids need to watch Mr. Baseball. (laughs) Well... Yeah, and and the, and I'll be honest with you, that's not exactly an isolated thing. I mean, this has been in a lot of animes uh-huh. about baseball. Baseball is freaking huge, and, and well, what Chris I'll is saying this, it might I'll be put, bigger there than it is here now. I'll mm-hmm. put this out there for you: people who do not like um, sports or hate sports mm-hmm. probably are not going to be watching sports-based anime. Yeah, so probably not. <laughs> they're not going to be aware of these things because they no, wouldn't I, be watching them in the first place. Yeah. But but even but even in a lot of the comedies and stuff like that, you'll sometimes see you know things to baseball Mm -hmm. i mean my god uh fully coolie the kids his kid his brother was playing baseball (laughs) i mean my god i mean come on Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't get that because in the end sports is competition and then the gunpla battle it's a competition so you can kind of see the parallels that's the way i see it and honestly after a dozen episodes of standard mobile suit fights is it really such a bad thing to have something that's a bit of a change of pace (laughs) that's what i'm saying and it was done well Mm. it wasn't it wasn't just you know dumb stupidly it wasn't shoehorned in exactly it didn't seem forced no it didn't at all because the random nature of the actual challenge is what made it kind of easy into the story so you know when they find out that you know those two guys are paired up with each other which is by not even by chance of course we know it's rigged because of the the inner workings of baker you know they put them on the middle of a baseball field and give uh and put them in the pitcher position and let uh old old delara go up to bat with a huge spike bat you know the odds are in his favor to win and it's good to see that they they face adversity just like most characters in sports anime have to face against a person who is you know a professional and and they have to you know find a way to win against them so all, all the tropes were there I, I think what i like to call the mr body challenge was was a nice touch to the episode where uh they're given like these uh these weapons out of nowhere <laughs> yeah i just watched weird. i just watched clue the other night so i'm still vibing off of that but um you know the fact that they're just given these mystery weapons that they have to use and um they found creative ways to do that was a was a really really cool uh element of this episode of course coming to a head with the baseball challenge or i like to call the home run derby outside of that um a great episode uh, i i i actually this would have been my favorite episode of the bunch if it wasn't for an episode we'll be talking about in a few minutes but it's definitely my second favorite up of the uh of this of this bunch of episodes and uh, chris back to you 
All right. Well, I don't have anything more to add to what we've already said. So let's do some ratings. Solbro. I'd have to probably I'd I'd give this episode four point five home run derbies out of five. Oh. Neo. I'd uh, give this uh, four out of uh, four fall balls out of five. <laughs> All right, and I will give this one three and a half angry fans out of five. Nice, wow. nice, well done, well done. <laughs> Which takes us to episode 14, Codename C. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so we start off with uh, Isla wondering um, why Reiji is a uh, gumpla fighter and matter-of-factly concluding that he'd just lose to her anyway. At this point, yes. <laughs> and interestingly, we speed through the next three competitions all in one quick montage, which include a uh, marksmanship competition, a ball-tossing competition, and a three-on-three battle. And since the build strike got damaged, I guess it's out of the uh, competition for now, because in these three three matches we see Reiji using the Mark II again. Yeah, so right. yeah. it's completely unexpected surprise to see that suit come back. Did they have a backup? Yeah. <laughs> of course, Mashita is uh, dismayed that uh, Sei and Reiji have won the first six rounds undefeated, and he wants Baker to make sure that they lose and don't make it to the finals. So she decides to call that man. That man. <laughs> that man who will do any job for money. <laughs> I was about the Duke Togo to show up. His name is Gogo 13. Damn no. <laughs> but it'd be funny if there was someone who looked like him in this episode. No, but that's what I, I that's when she said that. I was expecting that. I was like, oh, is it gonna be Gogo 13? And you're just like because you're kinda hoping it, but it's kind of a missed opportunity, but yeah. oh well. So we find out that the seventh match will be a gunpla race so people can use anything that they want whether it's fighters or subflight units any sort of support craft any kind of crazy thing that they want to win mm-hmm. so we have multiple races most of the named characters are competing in their own races and win them pretty easily including uh Fellini who has his final encounter with Rainer, who, uh, being a consummate loser, just uh, can't stop. And even though he's been eliminated from any further progression, he wants to mess with Fellini anyway and has a, a lotto, which actually is the first time Unicorn has appeared in the show. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he gets taken down like nothing <clears throat> yet again. <laughs> So we speed through all of the other races, and then we get to the last race, which involves Say and Reiji. So they take an early lead, and when the rest of the pack opens fire on them, they absorb all of the energy, and they immediately use the discharge to generate the wings of light and just speed past everyone so fast (laughs) that they're pretty much lapping the entire pack. So everything's going so well. But then on the second lap in the water obstacle, they get pulled down underwater by a customized underwater Zeong piloted by C, mm-hmm. who is, by the way, that man. That man. And he holds them up, which allows all of the other competitors to zoom on by. And while Raul and China are coming to watch the match, he spots this mysterious man, C, and follows him into this room where he's hacking into the fight. So he confronts C and gets into a fist fight with him, which he eventually wins, and he smashes C right into his briefcase, which uh, makes his unit inactive. So 
Reiji manages to break free and decides to use the remaining discharge energy to catch up. And the star build strike does an admirable job of managing to not just catch up to everyone, but to tie the Renato brothers for first place. But unfortunately for them, at the very last second, the discharge energy runs out. So right before the finish line, the Buku tank piloted by the Renato brothers pulls ahead and wins the race. Sadly. Yes. Thus knocking uh, Say and Reiji into 17th place, and meaning that if they do not win the uh, eighth match, then they're not going to get into the finals. They went out oh, of no. points in the standing. <laughs> yeah. And then in our little stinger, we see Mashita. He's celebrating some uh, sweet, sweet victory with some wine. But then uh, Reiji busts down the door and is like, yo, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Gangbusters. <laughs> So, Neil, what were your thoughts on this episode? Well, I find it funny. Did, did people have issues with this episode? Because it does have competition. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> Which I find is funny because I guess if it's cars or anything like mm. that or racing, it's, you know, which is a sport. But oh my. that's interesting. Get out of town. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when when, <laughs> when they're showing when they say that you got to do a race, mm-hmm. and then they're showing the lineups of the races, all of the classic stuff from like Mario Kart to like wacky racers and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you're just thinking because you're looking up and down, and it's just all these bizarre machines. <laughs> you're just like, how the heck is this gonna work? Did did this remind you of Cyber Formula? Oh, it reminded me of all this stuff. Yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, you know, wipe out because you can, you know, you can shoot at each other. Like, oh, yeah. yes, and you're allowed to shoot at each other. They're, they're all like, <laughs> yes. So, Rich, but then nobody, people rarely did. That was what was funny about it. It was like, everybody was like, yes, we can't wait to shoot each other. But <laughs> nobody really did, which I found kind of interesting. But yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was definitely... <laughs> I mean, I, I just find it funny that people complain about other episodes with their goofiness and like something like this, which is a completely bonkers episode. Wait, wait. Like, fanboy inconsistency? I mean, this is, I'm shocking. Harumph. <laughs> oh. you, you've, you've got me again, Chris. <laughs> But, I, I mean, it's just so goofy. And the whole thing with that man. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we hadn't seen uh, – we haven't seen Raw, you know, come into his own in a few episodes. For, so for the fact that, you know, that, there's a, that running gag, like, people know him and he kind of knows other things. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, he has, to, he has to save the day. And then, I mean, what – where would be the drama if Say and Reiji just kept winning every match? That's true. You know, there's only 16 final spots, and they're 17. So you know, you which know. I kind of don't understand. No, they, how yeah. that works because you know, um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't understand the scoring they, either. But they they made a big deal out of how um, you know there were some guys who were not in the top 16, but they were right behind, yep. like Luong, who lost the uh, the third round to them. Mm-hmm. But if Luong lost the third round and then Reiji lost the seventh round, but they were undefeated otherwise, that means that they're equal. Yeah. yeah. So how did Luong move up and Reiji move down? That doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, unless it was yeah. so, mm-hmm. 
It, it didn't to me, but I just said the screw. I had to said the hell with it because <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh well, you know, they're just trying to put some type of uh, of drama drama into this, and they they didn't they didn't think about the scoring system because it was just you know they're gonna uh, you know the first what uh, seven rounds or the first six rounds, uh, Say and Ragey are just showing all this cool stuff that the Build Star Strike can do. Oh, yeah. And then it finally catches up with them because of that, man. So, <laughs> and I love it. I love that it's a Zeong, too. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, that was a crazy-looking one, too, because it had all the tentacles and all kinds of... It was like a hentai version of the Zeong. <laughs> What I, I was leaving. It was underwater, so I was like, "Oh my god!" Where's I was expecting the 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 uh, build strike to have like a schoolgirl outfit or something. It just <laughs> might as well did, but but uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was definitely some great stuff. And of course, like you said at the end, the, the little stinger there with um, Reiji, like, "Hey, what the hell is up?" And you know, Mashida going crazy, but then Reiji not really knowing why. You know, he, he doesn't recognize him, so hence more mystery. So, so uh, back to you, Chris, so you can send it over to Solbro for some analysis. <laughs> well, I should also mention um, the Meat Bun Chronicles installment in this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, consisted of um, Isla talking to Reiji and uh, asking him, like, how can you play, you know, some game like Gunpla Battle? And he's like, oh, it's fun. You should try it. And then that pisses her off and she storms off and says, <laughs> It's not fun. It's painful. <laughs> I, I I I really kind of enjoy Ragey. You know, you always have a lot of oblivious characters like that. They're just kind of oblivious to everything around them. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of like his his brash and obliviousness that well, he has. Well, it's like he's oblivious. Not just it's not that he's dense. He just doesn't care. Yeah, that's what I love about it. He's, and then, like, the fact that he's just, they're like, why do you play Gunpla Builders? And he's just like, ah, oh, it's just fun. And it's like, isn't it in the end that, is that all the kind of hobbies and things like that are? Is you do them just because well, they're the, fun. That's, yeah. that's the lesson he had to learn yeah. at the beginning because he yeah. he said the same thing. Like, it was just some kid's game. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's fun. So, good stuff. Meat Bun Chronicles. <laughs> I hope they continue. Because I, I, I kind of do like that sub story. <laughs> All factored All right. around food. That's interesting. Solbro, your thoughts on this episode? Well, I, I'd like to bring up uh, the the new intro oh. and the new outro. They're 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 pretty cool. I, I don't I, I don't I I'm not as uh, passionate about the opening theme uh, for the new OP, but uh, I will say that there was a, a couple cool things hinted towards in the OP. Like um, you see a shot of the chairman, and in behind him is a as a silhouette of the Exia. So I'm looking forward to seeing the big reveal for that when that comes along in the series. But a lot, a lot of nice I visuals bet, in that OP. I, I bet mm-hmm. whoever pilots. Mm-hmm. The Axia will be in cahoots with the chairman. <laughs> Who knows? Mark, mark that. How did you know that? <laughs> what was your first clue? Um, the op- the ED. I didn't even know about the ED until it after it dropped. That people were already sending me messages about young young Asian boys and the never ending short pants spirit. So mm. now, now now apparently young Asian boys have a new jam. <laughs> I, uh, I I I I fail to see the appeal, but uh, it's it's an okay song. But uh, going into the episode itself, um, I, I just found it funny that Isla was a street urchin 
in her youth, like a nameless street urchin, and they give her a name. Um, and when they recruited her for the Flana Institute, so we, when we get to see that little flashback with her earlier in the app, and as she was just as uncaring back then as she kind of is now, but although she's kind of do, uh, she's 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 got a bit more passion now, and it's starting to grow within her, I guess, with her exposure to Reiji during the Meat Bun Chronicles. So um, it's going to be cool to see her develop from uh, from who we got introduced to her as in the series up to where um, she starts to come out her own. And yeah, but was but but doesn't it make sense that she's the former street urchin kid? Yeah, it, it just because oh. it's just. I mean, it's just the typical trope of like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like that being, you, you know, she was kind of doing it because she didn't, she had nothing else to do or she was in cahoot, you know, she needed to pay back somebody. So yeah, yeah just interesting. There was a, there was a really cool, uh, in joke in this episode and that was with, uh, Rumble Roll when he overslept and he was driving, hurrying to drive to the, uh, the tournament and, uh, China, China was in the car with him and, um, he said he overslept. It's, it's, I, I was educated that her now, her name is pronounced China. So, uh, who cares? <laughs> I, I'm okay with, uh, cause I've been, I, I, I rewatched the episodes again and I took note of that. So, uh, but when her and Raw have a conversation, um, he says he overslept because of his old age, but, um, oh, yeah. she, she took the time to ask him, how old are you? And then he says he's 35. <laughs> Which is like, dude, I'm I'm 37. <laughs> I look younger than you. Well, but, I I believe his. Oh yeah, uh, it's an in joke. His to, counterpart mm-hmm. was also 35. 35. Wow, yes. and it's isn't that the amount of years um, dating back to when uh, Mobile Suit Gundam actually came on TV for the first time? No, nah, it's it's actually it's actually that um it, it it's it's kind of an in joke. Remember um what is that that Gundam guide from like late 90s? Yeah, it had people's names on it and their ages, and it had Ron Baral and thirty-five. And I remember yeah. people on the internet com- joking like, "Yeah, Ron Baral's thirty-five. Really, he looks like he's 55. <laughs> so I think it, well, it might it might be something like that. Too, so was but... um, if you recall, uh, burning in double eighty-three. Yeah, burning was what? Yeah, what? <laughs> they're all like they're all like thirty. That that's it. That was. That's the way that I looked at it. That may not be the intention of how they oh did it, but God. I, I always remember that when that uh, I think it was like Anime America, that Gundam guide that they yeah. did, mm. and the, it, you, the joke was, "Oh, Ron Baral's thirty-five. Yeah, right." And people would just come, "Yeah, there's no way he's thirty-five because he looks like he's fifty-five. But yeah, and yeah, Burning was. I forgot that Burning was listed at like thirty-five too. So well, space. I think space it's. Makes I, think it's the, I think it's. I think it's. It might be that, or just some in joke with Universal Century. Like the oldest you can get is thirty-five, no matter what you look like. <laughs> so they, I don't know. They aging like this is medieval times. <laughs> I have no clue, but that's the way that I looked at it, and I was like, yeah, okay. So. I, I always thought it was also an inside joke to um, how how because Gundam is thirty-five this year. If I'm indeed, yeah, it is. 35 so i thought it was kind of like a little shout out to how old gundam is, is as well I don't know. so if, if anything that's that's uh, the other thing i took from that but um it was good to see a spotlight on the renardo brothers um we've seen them in the background and we've seen them comment here and there but finally we got to see them work together as a team and they kind of are the the darker uh the darker duo in this series in comparison to say and reiji and uh, of course, why are they darker because they're hispanic what are you uh, saying oh man yeah. they, got, they got they got that uh, montabon tan son <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just uh, they're they're not to be trusted. But um, it'd be interesting. Why? Because they wear suits. Oh yeah, because because they're... they're Hispanic. Is that why? There you go. You don't you trust go. Hispanics. That's Soul right. Bro. Latinos in anime not all, to be trusted. All all people <laughs> offended by Solbro's Latino comments. SBRHQ at gmail dot com. Indeed, light me up. <laughs> 
But I, I, I like their chemistry and the fact that they ended up winning the race after all. The slow and steady won the race, and uh, they, they had the, they had the balls to do it in the Baku, a Baku tank. So uh, shout out to them. Rinko getting real hype at the race was a, uh, was a neat thing, especially when they, when uh, sportscasters had no idea where the, where, where her son and uh, Reiji were, and she was like about to tear this TV out of its frame. <laughs> Just her reactions uh, make the episode for me. Yeah, it ended on a pretty uh, a pretty hype cliffhanger where um, all of a sudden just Reggie just shows up kicking down the, the the sweet door and the chair. He's there and he's freaked he's freaked out um, at, at his sudden appearance. Um, and and of course that gets explained in the next episode. But uh, it was a it was a pretty awesome episode. I I I, I like the race aspect of it and um um it it kept it exhilarating. Oh, my last favorite part is uh the fight with Rumble Raw, man. Rumble Roll threw down, man. He didn't forget the fight this time. <laughs> when all was lost, man, he came through, man. And I, the best thing I saw during that week this episode aired was when someone put up a picture with the caption, The cure for cheaters is Rumble Roll. That was the quote. And um, it showed him beating the shit out of Mr. Uh, uh, Codename C. So that was a fantastic scene. And um, that's pretty much all my thoughts on the episode. All right. Well. You know, it was fun to see a race which reminded me, of course, of SD Gundam mm-hmm. and their takeoff on wacky races. And we certainly did see some uh, some odd choices, like uh, someone who was using uh, Gundam Maxter and its surfboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whose pilot looked like Chibity, but with different colored hair. Yeah. Yep. We had uh, some girl who looked suspiciously like Soma using the uh, Kyrios. That's right. Mm-hmm. Which was amusing. And unfortunately, during one of the uh, earlier rounds, we had one of my least mobile suits. Oh, which one? Bolinok Saman. Oh. Yeah, saw that. Good stuff. <laughs> saw that. Didn't need to see that in high definition. Oh, man. Not necessary. Zeta was already more than enough. Didn't need that suit again. <laughs> That's true. Yes, it certainly is shocking to see our heroes lose, especially since it's not a loss that can be chalked up to them screwing up around having enough skill. They would have clearly won this race if not for the illegal cheating by C interfering with the match. Mm-hmm. But it's good that they got an assist from Rawl who took some actual physical punishment on their behalf and oh, yeah. persevered. Why is it he knows all the grimiest of people in this world? <laughs> I don't know. He, he, he travels in circles we, couldn't, we cannot comprehend. At least he's a good yeah. guy. So there is that. And uh, I did enjoy the stinger at the end where uh, Reiji busts in to spoil Mashita's uh, little celebration. So if we were to uh, close this out with some ratings, uh, Silver, what have you got? I would give this episode uh, four out of five Sergei Smirnov cameos. Neil? Oh, you got a um, three and a half Dirk Dasser leads out of five. Oh, no. What about what about Muttley? <laughs> Yeah, Motley too. Yeah. Oh, exactly. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so I would give this one three and a half Buku tanks out of five. Ah, Fantastic. Which brings us to the last episode we'll be discussing in this segment, number fifteen, Fighters Radiance. So we see that uh, Reiji basically beat his way into. Uh, Mashita's suite and confronts him about uh, what's going on and Mashita plays dumb and is surprised that Reiji doesn't recognize him and wonders what's going on. So with this eighth period, Sei and Reiji 
know that they have to win this battle no matter what if they're going to get to the finals. And then the uh, opponent is announced because this is going to be a one-on-one battle, and their opponent is Fellini, which on the one hand, Reiji's happy about because he's been wanting to really have it out with uh, Fellini mm-hmm. using the star build strike. On the other, he's a hard opponent. <laughs> yeah. There's some ambivalence about that, and Fellini feels the same way to the extent that after he runs into uh, Kirara while she's in her normal mode, mm-hmm. they're talking, and uh, she rather bluntly say, like, you're, you're going to lose so that they can move to the finals, aren't you? And she points out that based on his points, he um, is comfortably assured to get into the finals no matter what. So he can uh, have pity on them and let them win and still be okay. Which, again, makes no sense to me because if he were to lose that eighth fight, that means he'll have won seven and then still be in the same position as all these other guys. So I I just don't get the scoring system. But whatever, you go with it for the sake of the drama. Yeah, it's it's all over. Yeah, we have uh, some of our usual things going on, more more meat bun stuff, and then we get to uh, the actual battle itself. And as it starts off, we see some uh, flashbacks on Fellini's side and learn that he's been using the Wing Gundam ever since he was a kid. Ooh. Yeah, looked like it too. <laughs> <laughs> And he started off with just a plain old stock wing Gundam painted in his custom color scheme and then slowly upgraded over the years to its uh, current form as the Fenice. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of neat to see his background and his determination and his connection with this suit. We have this no-holds-barred battle where they're just really going at it, and Fellini definitely has the advantage and as Raw points out to China, even though Reiji's inexperienced in Gunpla battle, Say knows everything about Gundam, and that'll make up for Reiji's inexperience, which we see when um, Say has Reiji use Amuro's old uh, oh, yeah. booby trap trick from Shar's counterattack yep. by separating the universe booster and rigging a uh, wire to it so it can fire on Fellini from behind, and then they can attack it simultaneously. Yep. Pretty sneaky. <laughs> it is sneaky. <laughs> it is indeed sneaky, but it works, and the fight continues with the two of them just tearing into each other, very much how Reiji and Yuki were going at it long, long ago, mm-hmm. but on a much more serious level, with uh, considerable damage being done to both suits, and, uh, you know, people like Kiara wondering, why is Fellini going so far and causing so much damage to his suit when um, he's already assured entry into the finals? So by the end of the episode, we see that both Gundams are pretty well trashed. And surprisingly, it ends in a draw. <laughs> What's that do with the scoring? <laughs> How does that affect anything? That- I have no idea, but it allows Say and Reiji to get into the finals. So, yeah, there you have it—a hard-fought victory. Oh, so, so, bro, what were your thoughts on this episode? But this is the episode I was saying that is the, my favorite of the bunch. Um, nothing gets me more than a uh, episode about the fighting spirit and 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 about being men and just throwing down in a in a knockdown, dragout, slobber knocker of a of a fist. Of a just 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 a blowout brawl, man. It was uh the rumble in the canyon. 
is what I like to call it. But um, I, I, lo- I love the fact that uh, Raw was like just narrating pretty much uh, everything that was going to be happening. And uh, he pointed out that Say has a use too, which is uh, his his knowledge of the Gundam series. I guess that that watching a lot of Gundam pays off in dividends when you when you're in a, when you're a build fighter. So uh, when he pulled that old that old uh, chestnut from Shar's counterattack, that tickled me pink. <laughs> But outside of the knockdown dragout fight, my favorite moments in this episode are with Ricardo himself. Um, his little talk with Carrara, for one, when they uh, get together to uh, have that drink and he doesn't recognize her, as everybody never recognizes her outside of her outfit, which is a, a nice running gag in the series. I hope they keep that up. But she brings up the fact that, you know, he could take a dive for his friends and let them slide. Um, he actually considers it for a moment, and it says a lot about his character on, on the fact that he respects him too much to do that, and he wants to give him the best fight of his life because he's put so much of his energy into this that um, he couldn't even imagine, you know, not going in full full on. So when you see him on the come up from being a kid to being an adult that's a really nice sequence in the series that uh, i appreciated a lot and um he put the boys to task and i it made for a pretty tense and an entertaining battle but uh that's my thoughts on the episode okay neil yeah i mean we were waiting for this <laughs> i mean th- 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 this this is this is what we were waiting for we were waiting for raging and say to fight fellini and after I guess what the last four or five episodes where everything's got a little bit more um, a humorous uh, type feel to it. Even when they're fighting the large Zaku uh, a couple episodes back, you still kind of had, it didn't feel that serious. Mm-hmm. And this is the one where it's like, you know, this is what they wanted. We, we know earlier in, in the show, uh, Reiji did all those battles with Fellini down in that, that little bar that uh, <laughs> Raw took him down to with all those uh, Zeon enthusiasts were, you know, doing their uh, gunplay battles. The Apologist so, Bar? The Apologist <laughs> Bar, yeah. And, and and it's funny because we know that stuff was going on. They showed a little bit, but not that much. But, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that this is in the tournament and it's just so telegraphed because with, you know, with Fellini's uh, talk with Carrara uh, where she's in, you know, when she's out of her costume and they're just talking at the bar. And, you know, she's she's really the one that I think really excites him to go ahead and fight to, who you know, the best of his ability. Yeah. Not for the not even for the fact to try to impress her or anything like that. It was just the fact that she she calling him out saying hey i know you're gonna take it easy on these guys because they need to win so you're gonna allow them to win so you fight them in the final rounds Mm -hmm. and that's when it's like wow you know uh, a guy that's that's talk uh you know that's got that mentality of trying to be the best and he wants to fight the best you know to tell a guy that it it really kind of you know questions his manhood and it's it's uh, no i mean seriously no i i and th- and that's and that's the whole thing about it. I mean, and it's a brutal fight, and 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 you know, and, it, and that's what makes it kind of interesting. It's like I stated earlier with a lot of these uh, these battles of gunpla uh, gunpla fighters. It's you know they're much more brutal and much more longer than their um, real series counterparts. Oh man, <laughs> I guess because of you know for whatever the reasons being, and you just see it because this one was just. I mean, th- this is when you really get. This is the first time in the uh, the show that you get kind of that serious feel th- th- throughout the episode. It's good. It you know, and like I said, it, it it's a definite change of pace from you know all the all the fun that we were having, especially from the previous episode with uh, the wacky racers. So <laughs> it was it was definitely um, it was definitely nice. But you know, it was really cool to see that go down. 
and you can see that a lot of people start to understand what this is all about. Because who doesn't somebody say something in Neil's about it, saying you know this is how it really is? Because he he really wasn't he wasn't kind of understanding why yeah. they were fighting the way they were fighting either. It was Yuki, and, yeah, he, he told yeah him, Yuki, yeah. So watch and, how real men do it. <laughs> yeah, and and that and that's basically you know and you know Yuki basically calling this guy out saying hey you're just some punk that thinks you can understand everything so <laughs> you're. Uh, yeah, and, and and that's basically what it was. I mean, so um, definitely, definitely a, a a good episode. And, and like I said, good episode on the on the on the fact that it's a, it's a great change of pace. Uh, but we finally get to see what you know has been going back and forth for quite a few episodes now. So back to you, Chris. Who's you right? Oh no, you you're up, sir. Yeah, you're up. <laughs> End of the segment. I I always lose track at some point. <laughs> In these reviews, like who has or hasn't gone, so I figured it had to be me at some point. You're in the final stretch. You could do it. <laughs> yeah. I just need a few seconds of of discharge. <laughs> you have you have your own slugfest with this review. <laughs> exactly. So I think without a doubt, the battle in this episode is the best one in the series so far, and as good as the fight between Reiji and Yuki was, this one definitely outpaces it. Oh yeah, definitely. Because it's longer and definitely more brutal, but also, more importantly, the stakes are higher because in that other fight, it wasn't part of the tournament, so Reiji losing had no impact on anything, but Mm -hmm. this is a fight that they have to win to stay in the game. Exactly. So, yeah, you know because they're the main characters that they're going to win, but I'm glad that the staff made them work for it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I was uh, glad that although Fellini had this ambivalence about beating them because he liked them, that he decided that he should, you know, fight to the best of his ability because he owed them that much. Yeah. And clearly, despite all of the um, wrecking that happened, both he and Reiji enjoyed that fight. They got. They got and something that we've been waiting to see for a long time. Yeah, it's it's yeah, and just the fact that he gets called out about it with Carrara is just you know that that is what it's like. It's a surprisingly astute observation for someone who's come across as pretty shallow so far. That episode yeah. made me cry manly tears. <laughs> Yeah. I also appreciated the montage of seeing uh, young Fellini as a boy with his first wing Gundam and sort of seeing um, you know him grow up with sort of like a, a montage of like you know uh, a young man and his beloved dog growing up together. Yes, indeed. And it, the the incredible detailing of the battle scarring of his wing Gundam was <laughs> I- I- insane in this episode because it's like it's, it really it reinforces like wow he really did have this for a long time. So, so why don't we close this out with some ratings, uh, Sobro? One, I have to give this top of the pops, man. Five decapitating, brutal punches out of five. Neo? I'd have to give it a four and a half swing till you you can't no more uh, punches out of five. (laughs) This is basically what it was. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) To the last man. Pretty much. I would give this one four and a half wire booby traps out of five. There you go. And with that, we will close out this segment. And, of course, we'll be back in the near future to review the next batch of five episodes when they're ready. So watch for that, or rather listen for that. We'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Oh, 
podcasting is king, you are listening to Gundam at MAHQ. I can't believe Game & More forgave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? You need to fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only covered major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop in Second Opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is not that podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Just gotta keep on trucking, yes sir! I'm gonna go outside and make myself a nice big shiny first place medal, sit in the sun, and have a stupendous friggin' day! Gum damn it! Well, alright, you're messy. Would you make me a medal, too? And welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. You're listening to episode 138, where we had just an extended segment about Gundam Build Fighters. Uh, it's our third session so far with reviewing the show, and we covered episodes 11 through 15. Before we close out the episode, fellas, uh, anything you guys wanted to bring up, talk about, point out before we uh, break the hell out? No. All right. <laughs> Chris? No. You're awful talkative, sir. <laughs> Definitely check out these websites when you guys have time. Head on over to where the magic happens, mahq.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own 
Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam M-A-H-Q. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater M-A-H-Q. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube. And YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that's it for Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys on the next episode. No, nothing, nothing. The software sends the information to the brain. Then the brain relates this to the AI module. Yeah, a year later. Our computers finished the job, Raymond. You, you wanted a man inside a machine, and that's what you've got. But, but the human element will always be present. Fear, instinct, bias, uh, compassion, they will always interfere with the system. Okay, but Dennett, I've got to give the American people, something they can root for, something aspirational, right? They have to believe in this thing. Pretty good, that's not, I don't know how to sell okay. So I don't care how you do it, I'm asking you, come on, can you help me? Just get him to do that. Let him to do that. a machine. I know, but it's a man inside a machine. No, that's a man inside a machine, right, right there. And, and his life depends on it, and the future of Omnicorp depends on it, so get your ass back to China and get it fixed. I don't care how you do it, just go do it. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Walter Carroll, look at me. You have two options. Option one, I shoot you with 50,000 volts, which may cause respiratory failure, organ malfunction, internal burns, and loss of bowel and bladder control. And then I arrest you. Option two, you tell me where John Biggs' drug lab is located. And then I arrest you. You have two seconds to decide.